No, we also <laughs> always quote Red, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas special. Okay. I don't know why. Like, like multiple quotes across the Yes. The like Shannon will always be like, you know, well, what do you... Uh, well, what do you want to do? Or something like that. Like the grumpy guy that didn't want him to be a dentist. Yeah. And, you know, whenever we're ready to go, I'm like, ready, Santa. And like, it's so stupid how we, why we quote that like, so where, much. Where you pull these random like references from. It's so yeah. dumb. We yeah. Do, it, it, Rachel and I do the same. We pull random stuff from random places. Yeah. All over, I don't, all there's over no place. reason we should be quoting Rudolph as much as we do, though. That's really funny. It's bizarre. I feel like that should be like a trivia thing or something. That's really weird. Anyway, interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready to do this? Um, 46. Uh, 46. Zero 46. Let me think about that. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Is it a significant number in the nerd world or anything that you should be aware I of? I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> if it is, not like you would know. I, well, I have no nerd card to lose. It's gone now. I haven't <laughs> gotten go. it back yet. You got it revoked. Yeah. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 46 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. Drew and I are getting used to these pop filters in our face. It's kind of obstructive. But you know what? We're trying to listen to you all. I'm interrupting the intro here because that's how important it is for us to not be popping our peas into the microphone. So if you're an audio listener, you're welcome. Uh, you don't really care what it looks like because you're just listening on audio. So hopefully it sounds better for you. Anyway, <laughs> we are here. Oh, wait, wait. I'm Brian Goulet. You so, are. I'm Drew Brown. Yeah, you are. And uh, we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to talk about how we feel about ink windows. If your pen ink combos impact your creativity or productivity, very interesting question. Uh, What is a bad bottle of ink and how common is it? What pen is the king of demonstrators? I like that one. That is a cool thing. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about that one. As we will with everything here. Uh, what works and what didn't with our old ink sample subscription program ink drop. That sounds weird. Let's bring that back. Yeah. I'm kidding. As a topic, not the real thing. That's not happening. Don't get excited. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> we have a tip about cleaning some brand new pens that have never been used. That's weird, but we're going to talk about it. And we have two weeks of personal stuff to catch up on since we missed last week. So let's kick it off with some feedback. All right, Brian. Diane emailed us and said, hey, Brian and Drew, love the pen cast. In fact, hashtag the pen cast made me do it, which I like. So <laughs> use that if... Uh, I feel like you and I could use that as an excuse. Like, oh, we had to buy this shirt. We had to do some interesting endeavor so that we could talk about it on the pencast and have, have good banter. I have, I have not yet bought a shirt for the pencast, but, I, you know... I bought a shirt with like, oh, this would make a good pencast shirt. Like, oh, I've really? Bought, yeah. Oh, okay. oh, absolutely. I haven't bought a new shirt absolutely. in a long time. Shannon got me that uh, Death Star one for uh, my birthday. Yeah. That was my newest one. But I've been looking, I've been looking... All right. I've been looking, always looking. Um, so anyway, yeah. If you uh, if we accidentally make you buy a E95s or a uh, mm. a toothbrush to clean your feeds with, hashtag mm. the pencast made me do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Diane says I purchased a lot of sweet pens, paper, and ink at the Goulet Pen Company. I write and sketch in my Leuchtturm journal daily, and today I'm using my Pilot 823 and Prussian Blue. Weird as it might sound, I notice that I feel particularly creative slash inspired when I use certain pen and ink combinations. Mm. Question, do certain fountain pens, inks, or pen and ink combinations promote greater creativity slash productivity? 
Thanks for doing the pencast ad free. We do do the pencast ad free. That is that is a thing. I mean, now, YouTube might add their own things at the beginning, but we don't we don't we are not monetarily compensated. We're not. For the we don't monetize. Yeah, we don't monetize. Yeah, yeah. So any ads are not ones that we. Are been in, we have nothing to from. do with those. We can't yes. control what YouTube decides to just put on it. Right. They started doing that maybe a year ago or so. They were like, yeah, we're changing our program. And now, even if you don't monetize, we might put ads on your stuff anyway. And we're yeah. like, so but that's not us. That's not us. Um, so, Brian, I'm going to propose that we save that great question from Diane for later in the Q&A. I was going to ask. Because that like, is a solid question. Okay. Okay. I'd like to answer that in more depth. Did more than one person ask that? You no, that's Diane. That, that is Diane. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. We're going to save cool. Diane's, cool. Diane's uh, question nugget for later. So thank you so much, Diane. I appreciate that. That's a good, solid question. We appreciate you appreciating the somewhat lack of ads. I think we should have hashtag Diane made me do it for answering this question. Diane made us ask this question. You have to answer this question. Um, Sandy also says, Drew, do you watch Moon Knight? Spotted a Lamy Safari in one of the scenes. Yes, yes, I do. I, I pretty much anything Marvel Universe related or Star Wars related, I'm pretty much just going to love it no matter what because I am a um, just greedy fanboy that will just eat anything they shove into my face. Um, but I've, I've decided, Brian, I'm not going to be an angry, grumpy nerd. I'm not going to complain. If I don't like something that is in the nerdum sphere, yeah. then I'm just going to kind of ignore it and move on to the things I do like. I've decided to be a happy nerd because really there's, 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 there's enough grumpy nerds out there. There's, there's an impassioned, impassioned group of people I'm in that, in that of sphere. It's, it's, uh, they've, they've said that no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And uh, I think that's kind of true. Uh, so I'm not going to be one of those. Is that just a Star Wars thing? Or is that like in every like I think kind of kinda, franchise? That's kind of how it goes? If it's got a heavy-duty fan base... Okay. There's going to be just a draw, bunch of, just draws bunch, it out. It's going to be a bunch of grumps. Yeah. Okay. So I love all the Marvel stuff they put out in varying degrees. I did like Moon Knight. Didn't think it was their absolute best of the television programming, but I did notice that Lamy Safari, Brian. It was a white Lamy Safari, Ooh. and it still had the cardboard ring on it. Oh, that's it, it did. Yeah. Somebody on the props department didn't yeah. uh, didn't really know what they were handling there. No, but, yeah. but um, uh, it was uh, oh, who's the guy. Um, I literally have never heard of this show or anything not, about not, it. Not Jude Law. I always get him confused with Jude Law, but it's the other guy. It's the guy that played the villain. Dang it. What's his name? Oh, gosh. There's going to be so many comments making me. Jeff Markerson. Jeff Markerson. Yes. Absolutely. Jeff Markerson. <laughs> I don't know. No, my God. Why don't I know this guy's name? I've oh. never heard of any of this. I don't this know. This is all new to me. I don't know why. It's got a safari, so maybe I should check it out. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, was, it was pretty cool. It was like in a therapist office or something. All white stuff. So it was like kind of okay. on, on theme. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah, 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 I saw it. It was cool. Neat. Moon Knight, yay. All right. Good stuff. Um, I got some feedback from Michelle. What is the ink splat artwork that sits between the two of you? Would love an up close view. This thing? I'm going to see if I can pull it out because I have a light behind it that may get entangled somehow. So I'm trying to pull it out. I think I can. I don't know. It's not from there. It is a Rubik's Cube. They didn't hear you, I'm sure. It is a Rubik's Cube. No, sorry. It's a Rubik's Cube mosaic. So it's, it's literally a hundred Rubik's, mini Rubik's Cubes that uh, I made them in the fashion of our logo. So I like uploaded an image to a, a website that takes images and, and basically dot matrixifies them in a Rubik's pattern because I'm not the only person that's ever thought to do this. Um, and uh, yeah, I took our goulet splatter and I made it 
mean, I thought it was like nice, it had nice contrast, and you know, it just looks really crisp. So, yeah, if you look on the edges of the cube, you can see like the different colors. Well, that one's not very good. And, yeah, that one's very solid. Okay. I can't show the top very easy. Okay, there we go. There. So I got some different cubes and whatnot. So it's uh, yeah, it's all little individual cubes. That's neat. Isn't that neat? That is a nerd. That's my nerd thing is the puzzles. I don't watch shows, but I do. I do do puzzles. It's acceptable enough. It's lovely. Gosh, my chair's sinking. I'm already sitting on my booster pillow to try to get to Drew's height with my short torso, but I don't need the chair sinking on me, making it worse. Okay. Uh, Curtis says the surfactant is called propylene glycol. Because you, you said glycol, glycol, I think, last time. I you were did, like, I yeah, think yeah, it's, yeah. it's glycol, right? And you were propylene. like, I don't know, let's not. Propylene we don't glycol. Know. Yeah, I barely so knew. So you were, you were right That's close. Yeah. 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 Um, probably food grade, less toxic. This is to make, uh, make ink flow. Yes. More, more to make water fluidly. wetter. Yes, make water wetter. Wet water. Um, less toxic than ethylene, ethylene glycol, which is the main ingredient in antifreeze but is very toxic. You do not want to handle that. Um, propylene glycol is less toxic. There you go. And ethylene glycol apparently tastes sweet. It's really bad to have, like if you spill it on your property and you have dogs like, like it. animals of any kind will yeah. try to eat it and it's not good. So yeah, wipe that stuff up. Uh, and then Roger says, your discussion of the distinctive odors resulting from handling metal metals when we were talking about copper pens and stuff like that, um, got my inner geek going as a retired chemist. So literally we were like, there's probably people out there that know more about this than we do. Yes. Here's Roger. Uh, it turns out this phenomenon is well known and is the result of certain metal ions, mostly, oh boy, Fe2+, I don't know what that is, and Cu+, is F those e are elements. Is Fe iron? I don't know. I did not do well in chemistry because my memorization skills are poor. But anyway, Fe2 plus and Cu plus. Uh, oxidizing lipid peroxides found in skin oils. Metals themselves are not volatile, so cannot really have an odor. Interesting. It's my hands did smelling. I know that. <gasps> it's me. It's you. You are the problem. And am I. Uh, people associate the smell with handled metals, but in reality, it is regrettable, a form of metal-induced body odor. Go figure. I'd never thought that I'd learn this as a result of a fountain pen show. How did that happen? Roger, I, don't, I wouldn't say that you learned that from this show. You were maybe prompted to go and learn it right. elsewhere. Don't, don't give us too much credit. You were trying to learn it to us right now, and uh, we're even doing a bad job of that, but... Very cool. I like it when we can like learn things in the world around this. So that's cool. All right. That's the feedback we got. Now let's talk about some of the new stuff that we've got. All right. So first thing we have, we got uh, Retro 51 came out with a rollerball pen recently. That's right. Of which one I picked up for my mother for Mother's Day. You did. And I have to pick it up from the building. I, I missed the date. So I got to go back and give it to my mom now because, you know, I just. You got her a, uh, a, a gnome sweet gnome one too, I didn't did, you? Yes. And she got a lot of compliments on okay, that. So you did so give that I, one to her. I did last year. Yeah. Okay. And was that for a special it. occasion or it was a, I think it was around mother's day too. Nice. So yes, I gave that to her. She liked it and it was a hit amongst her friends. Very nice. So I was like, you know what? I mean, this one is like not quite as like spot on because my mom like 
likes to garden and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, this one wasn't like as spot on, but I was like, yeah, this would still be a good vibe. And Why she, not? she likes, you know, I've given my parents like roller, like fountain pens and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, oh, that's nice. Yeah. But they still like use Oh yeah, I've done, I've done that many times. Yeah. So now, normally we can't talk about retro 51 pens at this pencast because they're always out. But as of right, right. now, we still have some. We do. And I was confident that we would have some, so I put it on here, but I hope I'm not like we'll cursing it to be <laughs> sold out. But yep. right now we have some uh, petals and pastels. Yeah. Uh, we also have some new Esterbrook, the Esterbrook SD Cosmic Wine. Yes. With some extra goodies a to ton, go along with A it. ton of extra goodies. <laughs> yeah. So they've got some washi tape and this cool like bag thing mm-hmm. to hold objects i don't know what it's called exactly and then uh wine charms as well so they're going heavy into the wine aesthetic and, and these uh, are multiple rolls of washi tape, mul- oh, tape multiple wine mm. charms and then the bag so you're getting all kinds of stuff all kinds lots of, of stuff. lots of bang for your buck so you can check that on our site um don't know how long we'll have those but it, is it a re- i can't remember is it a regular edition or is it like a special thing i think it's a special doing? thing okay I think usually all the too. diamond cast is special yeah i think so and so, this is this is definitely diamond cast which yeah. is a resin that actually has diamonds diamond in, it. in it's it. yeah legit diamond cast yeah that's right a million freaking diamonds that's a Arrested Development. Oh, that's there. right. Is the diamond face cream. Salmon. Sam. Nice. Salmon. Sam says that a lot. Yes. There you go. It's relevant. Yay. Topical. I've heard of that show. Not Moon Knight or whatever that thing is. You got right? it right. Moon it's Knight? it's Moon Knight. Yes. Moon Knight. He's basically the Batman of the Marvel, Marvel Universe. Okay. But more insane. Okay. Cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have a reboot of sorts, the Platinum Desk Pen. That's right. With base. So it's like a, it, to me, it looks like something, maybe not now that you would have, but like when I was a kid, I would go to the bank and you would have like the base with the like long skinny pen mm-hmm. with a chain on it. Mm-hmm. And it would keep people from stealing those super valuable pens that like never wrote. And I was like, who's stealing these Right, pens? who wants this piece of junk? Yeah, but if you want a better version of that, that's a fountain pen, well, then you have the platinum dust pen. Um, originally we carried this pen because at the time, this was like, I don't know, probably a decade ago, it was the only platinum that we could get uh, that had an extra fine steel nib. This was before the preppy had an extra fine nib option. Um, and you know, there was like the 3776 and some of these like higher end pens that had extra fines, but there was no steel extra fine nib. So that's why we carried it years ago. And then it got discontinued and you know, I guess now it's back. So, you know, we, we have it back in case it's of interest, but it's sort of like a, you know, a Pelican script or a Lamy, uh, uh, the joy. joy, it's got like, you know, that calligraphic kind of it's like tapered long, skinny, yeah. yeah, it's tapered and long and skinny. And it's like, okay, it's got a. It's got a different purpose. It's not exactly but a this pocket one, pen. This one, I think, looks, it looks, that taper works better with this pen because it actually does go into a desk holder. The other ones just lay there. Yeah, they just have a cap and it just looks right. like, it's like, the, why, this one, this one, like, I think why, does, it, this, why does this pen keep going? Right. I, this one looks a little <laughs> bit more uh, natural to me. And it's a little yeah. bit different than the original, too. So the original mm. one, um, so it comes with a cap. If you don't want to put it in the base, you don't have to. So it comes mm-hmm. with a cap. The original was just this funky, awkward plastic cap with like a, you know, octagonal kind of nut shaped thing true. on it. It looked like something that was like just there to keep the nib from being right. damaged Right, or like, or like some, something you're supposed to like remove and discard yeah. almost. This one looks a lot more intentional. It's actually got a clip. It's still mm-hmm. like super plasticky and not very impressive, but yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be a desk pen. Um, but it does look mm-hmm. better. It is a better cap. 
And the nib is different. The nib is a very is very yeah, similar to the preppy one. nib. All, yeah. I think it's identical. But the other one was like really, really tiny and skinny, if you remember. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So a little bit of a different nib, hmm. probably the same riding experience because, I mean, it's still platinum. But um, there are some changes made. So it's not the same desk pen from way back when. And the base is better, too, in my opinion. The I, base, I haven't seen the base. The base used yet, to be just like a... a Oh, that a, is like, better, a, yeah. like a square plate. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, it was, now it's got some like gold hardware. It's more tapered and smoothed around the so edges. It's more it intentional. Looks, looks a lot better. Yeah. yeah, I'd say the whole thing looks more intentional for sure. Yeah, and you can see that the little cup that the pen goes into is flared just a little bit to make entry a little easier. Yeah, you're right. I think okay. it's pretty rad. That is pretty. I neat. dig it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The the pen and the base are sold, or they call it the stand. I guess uh, sold separately. So the pen is thirteen dollars. The stand is more than the pen, actually, $20.50. If I remember correctly, I feel like the original pen was like 10 bucks, but then you basically didn't have a cap. It was kind of Yeah, I remember it being 10. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. So interesting, interesting, but still very affordable pen option. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how this is received. So go check it out. You can get in any color you want as long as it's black. We don't sell a chain for it, though, unfortunately. (sighs) Yeah, you'll have to tape your own on there. I feel like they always had tape on the chain. Yeah, the chain always broke. Yep. (laughs) There you go. If you want the bank bank aesthetic on your desk. Or you can just (laughs) tape a giant fake flower to it. Ooh, that works, too. That's a classic. Wow, that is is a good one. Shove it in a bottle of coffee beans or something like that. Coffee beans or a jar of glass marbles or something. Yep. Classy. Nothing says class like a... (laughs) couple of coffee beans um one other thing that came in new was endless works came out with a new version of their recorder notebook which is one of my favorites i have that's my my recipe book at home that, I, okay. that i've mentioned okay. several times here yeah i use it a lot i love the paper but they used um i think 68 tomoe in that one 68 gram tomoe mm. they have a new recorder with different paper and this is their paper this is paper made by endless works and they're calling it regalia paper mm. and it is different it okay. is not uh, it's not uh, tomoe because i guess they want to differentiate because of the uncertain future of tomoe i don't know i'm just supposing but it's really nice paper it mm. is so i say what what weight it is i don't know what weight it is but it's um, really, it, it performs really well. I tested it with a bunch of heavily shading, sheening inks, and some um, chromo shading inks like Sailor Ink Studio. And it looked just as good as Tomo as Tomoe in a lot of ways. So I was really happy with it. It is a heavier weight um, material. Like, well, I guess 68 isn't super light either. The 68 it's like version. on the lighter side. This is 80 gram paper. 80 gram. Okay. So it feels pretty traditional. It doesn't feel super thin or anything. You might notice a little bit of a difference between 68 and 80. Yeah, perhaps. It depends. But it's a really solid paper and I was really, really happy with it. Hmm. Um, there wasn't a, any noticeable um, ghosting or bleed through to the opposite end of the page or anything okay. like that. I think you could very easily use both sides of the paper. So it's definitely something worth checking out. I liked it a mm. lot. Um, I don't know if I'd say I liked it more than the other version, mm. but I would say I'd, I wouldn't care which one I got for sure. Okay. I, I would be fine with either of them. Is dry time a little better? Because that's the biggest drawback with Tomoe is the dry um, time and smearing and stuff like that. See, I never had a real big problem with dry time on my other recorder. Really? Okay. Um, there were some times, like if I was using like a heavily pooling ink okay then yeah um but i tried not to use any sheeners because i know those don't dry really well yeah. so i just avoided those so yeah. i don't have a ton of experience but i did use uh diamine all the best on the when i was testing the new recorder okay. and of course that smeared like crazy because it's super sheeny yeah um and shimmery but uh yeah i wouldn't say it's any better or worse than okay. standard tomoe worthy, um, worthy of consideration absolutely worthy of consideration all for right. sure 
Cool. Uh, one thing I did, I was going to, I was testing this notebook, Brian, and I don't know why, but I always like to say and write the word Sheboygan. And for the longest time, I'm sorry, people in Wisconsin, um, but people around here thought it was a made up word because I just say it randomly. Um, it's definitely not a random word. It's a city. I mean, it was, um, it was made up at some point. Well, yeah, but it's a city in Wisconsin and Michigan, but Michigan is Cheboygan. Oh. And I was doodling in one of these books and uh rachel was like hey can we use this one to photograph because you've already kind of doodled in i'm like yeah absolutely i'm like oh wait no i wrote sheboygan michigan because i was wrong and i called myself like we can't we can't show that that's 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 a lie because anyone would know it's i don't want to disrespect the people from sheboygan michigan we've got a lot of them listening right now statistically i doubt there's one watching this show you don't think so i mean no probably not sheboygan rise up I'm telling you, probably not. not. Is it spelled like, is it C-H instead of S-H? It's C-H is instead that, of S-H, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not just pronounced differently, it's actually spelled No, it's differently. spelled differently. But anyway, it was funny because I'm like, no, we can't. I'm going to need to do some more writing samples because this is unacceptable. <laughs> wow. But also, no, I the, the demo we got was uh, um, one, a ruling we weren't going to carry. I think oh, it was okay. lines. So we couldn't use it anyway. But anyway, okay. it's just funny and stupid. Okay, so Tachia. We got a bunch of new Tachia pens, some really wild Tachia pens. So the Amber Crystal, let's just get this out of the way because it's my favorite. Okay. This is a, oh man, is it my favorite? I think it's my favorite. So what you're dealing with with the Amber Crystal is this layered um, gold and silver leaf Urushi effect. And it's a hot look. God, it is stunning. So they Mm. start off with layers of clear Urushi. And they layer silver. For like, well, it's not like clear Urushi. It's kind of like an amber Urushi. Yeah, and, um, yeah. But they layer silver. And then they switch to gold and layer some uh, Urushi over that. So you get this really, really cool... like depth. You, There's depth to it. That's the thing. That's the thing. So Urushi is amazing because of what? The time and effort that we know it takes oh, yeah. to make these pens. But you don't see that. You don't see when you see not always, yeah, not always. Very rarely. When have whenever have you seen the layers other than right now? I mean, if you got a pen that's got like a rodden or something like that, like some kind of mother pearl or something the, like that, you can kind of see it. It's not like the rodden is, exists on different planes. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But if you got like multiple different things, like say you've got some rotten and then you've got some, whether it's like quail eggshell or some silver dust or a something. Little bit. Like, and it goes over top. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you're, a you're little right. Bit. This shows it like, Just like nothing else. You're absolutely right, Drew. We'll, we'll, move, we'll move. Drew on. is right. <laughs> I am wrong. I concede to okay. Drew's wisdom. So this thing makes me excited because it says, look at these layers. And that you can actually see just how many they had to do to get that effect. It's excited because amber is close to brown. And this you know, is the closest thing to a brown Urushi that you're going to see. That's not, I mean, it looks pretty cool. You know what it reminds me of? It makes me happy. There's a, um, a natural, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's actually a national park area, but the Dismal Swamp is a wildlife refuge um, okay. down in southern Virginia, northern North Carolina. And I love to kayak there. It's one of my favorite places to kayak. There's, it's one mm. of the two natural lakes in the state of Virginia where we live. And that's Lake Drummond. So these feeder ditches kind of run into the lake. But the water there has a ton of ferric acid in it. And it makes it look like that. Mm. It looks like tea. Wow. So if you stick a bright yellow 
paddle into it, it turns brown. Not because of like dirt or mud, just because yeah, yeah. it's 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 um this natural uh, leaching of these uh, hmm. not not harmful acids um down uh, up through the uh, the earth, and so that that makes me really happy because it reminds me of like a fall paddle in the dismal swamp. It's not dismal; it's very pretty, but. Anyway, um, let me speed through these. We're taking too much time. <laughs> the Miyabi Earth Akatamanuri is a kind of a classic rodden-looking pen. You've got this black and red combo going on, and then there's the uh, Miyabi mm. Impress in um, what's the, what's the uh, thing? Impress uh, Fujiyama. Fujiyama. So Fujiyama, it's the mountain. It's Mount Fuji. So you've got Mount Fuji in rodden and um, eggshell, which is Rankaku. Um, it just, it's just, it's depth. stunning. Look yeah. depth you can there, see. You can't see any depth. It's incredible. Maybe a little bit. You can see depth at the, like, look at the ends where it's got the, the, uh, um, the powders there. Eh. You can see, okay. All right. A little bit. Not the bit. same. It's not the same. Not the I'm not trying same. to say it's better. I'm just saying. A little saying. bit. But they're all really <laughs> stunning. And with this one, the, the, uh, the Fujiyama, we've got that in the standard size and the Empress size. The Empress size is going to be larger, more expensive, but mm. hey, it's a bigger, it's, it's a bigger hot. canvas for the, Ah, Arushi Magnificence. So Mm. I could talk a lot about these pens because they're really just joyous, joyous to see, joyous to see in person. And oh my God, if you're, if you're at a pen show. Limited in nature, not endless. Yeah, they're limited. But if you, if you're at a pen show and you get a chance to go by the Tachia booth and if Tachia happens to be at the pen show you're at, like do yourself a favor. The pens there are really, really stunning to see in person and breathtaking to behold. Good stuff. Glad to see it. All right, let's go on to some Q&A. Okay, we're going to kick things off with Hannah. And Hannah is asking us a question about ink windows. She says, would love to hear your thoughts, fondness, or dislike of ink windows. Favorite Mm. pens with ink windows? Question mark. I do have some fondness. You do? For ink windows. Tell me about this fondness. It's not like an endless love. It's not like if a pen doesn't have have an ink window, like I will shun it. But I, I can appreciate a good ink window, I think. Why? Um, ink level, really. Yeah. It's I well, you know, it's just convenient. It's nice to be able yeah. It's sure. it's 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 not as much of an aesthetic so much. It's more the functionality of it, you know, not having to open up the pen, not having to guess, you know, having that like ink anxiety, especially if I'm like traveling, if I'm at like a conference or something and I'm like, I'll bring ink with me, but I got a lot of other things going on in my mind. And it's like, just to not have to fret about where my ink status no is. No one in likes my to pen. fret. No. I mean, I carry like backup pens and stuff like that too, but still. Um, so for me, a pen like the Lamy 2000, right? So that pen, it's a very solid color pen. There's no hope of seeing the ink inside there without an ink window so for me i even, like having an ink window in there even with the ink window brian like that's not an easy it's, one to see it's a subtle ink window it's but kind it's of just enough it's all you need it's kind of useless it's all you need but it's right down at the bottom of the the pen like at the bottom where the ink chamber is so basically you can tell if you're running out of ink or not, like, have I got ink or do I not? You can't tell the full level of the ink, but it's a window. That's all it is. You, but it's, it's not like, like you have to hold it up display. to light to see exactly what's going on. I, I love I mean, the 2000, but that ink window is weak. You think it should be stronger? You think it should have a bigger window? No, or, I, or does I like, it need I, to be clearer? I does like, it like need to be more clear? Is that what that it is? I would like? Because I like the aesthetics of it. So for me, okay. ink windows are more aesthetic than function. Because okay. um, I like the way it looks. I like the way it breaks it up. And honestly, it just shows a little bit more engineering. And I'm like, sure, ah, I salute sure. that engineering. I, it was hard to do that thing. So, yeah. you know, I'll pay a little I don't know what that is in there. Like, because there's no, there's no trim. There's no, like. I mean, you can have clear polycarbonate. I guess so. But, like, 
clear amongst not clear. Yeah. Like that's, that's, there's some step that they had to do to put yeah. that in there. So, like, like, yes, exactly. I don't actually know how they do that. So for that reason, I love it. It's pretty but, impressive. But for a functional ink window, like, eh. Okay. It's not my, I'm not saying it's the best example of okay, an ink okay. window. All right. What it's they, it's what, a good example of t- putting an ink window like subtly into a pen. That's true. To improve its function. Okay. That's, that's why I kind of put that in there. It's, it's solid. But it, um, it, it, yeah, I, I do often have a hard time actually using it. Okay. Because I'm like, is there something in there? Is there something in there? I yeah, think it's so. kind of like an all or nothing. It's like, is it empty or is it not empty? Yeah, that's yeah. really all you can tell. Because it's, it's kind of like when you see, you know, a shadow through, um, like if you're on the if you're on the outside of a door and you see a shadow move through the people and you know someone's looking at you. It's like all you see is just kind of like a a bit of a darkness. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. there's, there's somebody there or not. I do a lot of that, just kind of walking up to people's houses, see if they see me. Looking you know? on the outside, like it's creeping a, into people's yeah, people's. It's a hobby. That's it's uh, pretty weird, Joe. Yeah, you know. It's pretty weird. No, don't okay. judge. Um, okay, so that's maybe not the best example, apparently, since Drew wants to rip my first example apart. Um, so, Pen, you know, like the Custom 74 Pilot, for example, don't need an ink window. It's a translucent pen. So, like, an ink window wouldn't buy it anything. So, like, I'm not saying, like, every pen needs an ink window. Because, honestly, I feel like there's a lot of pens that have gone, like, more the translucent route. So, have just sort of bypassed the need for an ink window altogether. More so than maybe pens of the past. I feel like ink windows were more of a thing back when you had, you know, solid body pens were the norm. Like, you had pistons or that kind of thing. And, you know... uh, there was just less hope of seeing what's inside your pen. But I feel like the last 10, 15, maybe 20 years or so, demonstrator pens have definitely taken hold as more of a design, you know, aesthetic. So even the debate about ink windows is probably not as intense as it was at other periods in fountain pen history. You just made me think about something, Brian. I think that there have been times where I've had a demonstrator, like a really heavily colored demonstrator, and kind of wished I had an ink window. Really? Yeah, like... uh, um, yeah, uh, for example, like the uh, Procyon. That no, no, not the Procyon. The Profonte, the Platinum Profonte. Profonte. Okay, those yeah, yeah. are like that's pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah, but but I like the way they look. Like I don't want them to be opaque. I like okay. the fact that they're a little demoy. But I don't know. I'd be kind of cool if there was a little bit of a, mm. like maybe maybe a, an ink window or like a part of the grip section that kind of extended a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I could I could see that. Um, and I want to say, could you pull up the uh, Visconti um, crystal, uh, what do they call them? Opera crystal? Or what are those, those colored ones? No, demo stones. That's them. Okay. The demo stones. Do those have ink windows in them? Because those are translucent pens that, um, yeah, look, look on that amethyst one. Does that have an ink window? I think it does. Yeah. No, it doesn't. No, See, that, that, I would want an ink window there. Really? I want, I want an ink window. Yes. Yeah, so I don't think I need one on that I one. do. I like, I think that that's what an example Um of the uh, of uh, something being beautifully, because I think that that gives it that beautiful gemstone look. So mm-hmm, I don't want it mm-hmm. to lose anything. But I, I, you know, you can't really see any ink there. It's a little dark. You could see if it was full or not if you were having a dark ink. But mm. I don't know. I think I could use an ink window. Am I crazy? Did no did crazy. demos could demos benefit from an ink window in any way? I think it depends on the pen. I think if it's like a super dark jewel tone, then yeah. Especially because once you put ink in there, it's going to look even darker. Like you're not going to be able to really see as much. But I mean, um, you know, I think it's up for debate. I think about a pen like uh, Pelicans, like the Pelican Souvrons, at least historically. Now, this is a recent change, which is part of why I wanted to bring it up. Um, so that material historically with the striped, you know, uh, material that they've had in their barrels on the 
uh, the Suvrons is they've had basically like solid color, but then some translucency kind of in between the stripes. And they still put ink windows on those pens, but if you didn't have an ink window on there, that's like you could still see your ink level. But they are changing that. They, you know, we haven't seen what it looks like, and the stock we have is still the old stuff uh, of the Pelicans we have. But we've been told that they are moving towards um, full solid color in between like the the stripes. So you will not be able to see through that material anymore. Mm. Just I don't know if it's just a supply thing or whatever. They just had to make that change. But they still have ink windows. So that's one where I'm like, okay, that you definitely want an ink window because they're piston pens. They're going to have large ink capacity. Having an ink window is, is like pretty helpful on those pens. So Pelican, they've they've done a couple different types of ink windows. They've had that kind of antique green look. Mm-hmm, they've had mm-hmm. clear, and I believe they've had like a smoky black. Um, yeah, I think it depends on the the color of the what pen. Do you, which one do you prefer? Um, I mean, it depends. It depends on the color of the pen, I think. I'm not like married to any one of them. Because like you say, you like um, ink windows for functionality. So that, yeah. would, that would say kind of clear. Yeah. Like you gotta admit that kind of vintage green kind of celluloid that is vibe. Pretty cool. that that's is pretty, pretty rad. Cool. That's kind of like tech. You, that's classic Pelican. But so like what like a black? I'm thinking like a black M200 or something like that. I know has got the green ink window on it. But when you have ink in it, you really can't see the green. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so not it's super like, functional. So it's like okay, when I have the pen empty, or it's like yeah. when it's like the ink level is really low, and I hold it nib to the sky yeah. and look at it in the light, I can see the green. But then it's like okay. I'm really, I'm really stretching yeah. at that point. But then it's also very subtle. So I mean, it falls, in, falls into that like Lamy 2000 kind of category mm-hmm. for me. Um, whereas I think of a pen like you know some of the Auroras, like they have super prominence. You know, it's very part of much part of the aesthetic having those ink windows. Or like the Sailor Progear Rialo, mm-hmm. right? It's just like you got center band grip, and then like boom, like super obvious trimmed out ink window. And Which I'm like that. So that's cool. That becomes like as much aesthetic as anything. You kind of need that though, because it's a it's a it's a um, piston pen that you can't you're not supposed to disassemble. Right. Um, I mentioned that in my notes because that was like the only Japanese pen I could think of that had an ink window. It's not common. It's not. It's common. not. I, yeah. I, I didn't even realize that until this question. I was I'm like, th- I'm trying to think of there's others, and I'm failing to think. I mean, I think about. I'm sure they're out there, but the Riala was the only one that could pop into my head. Now there might mm. be some Heritage 92s that are sold elsewhere in the world, but we only have the demonstrator, so that one does not have an ink window. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's not not super common. Yeah, it's more of a European thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, I will say I don't care for the Aurora ink window just because I can never seem to get those completely clean. Oh, And well, all it does true. is taunt me and say like, hey, I'm still so, inky. Well, that's part of the debate, right? Oh. I mean, even I was like researching and seeing like, oh, what pens have this and all that. Part of the debate about like against demonstrators in general, people are like, all I do is see like ink spritz and like leftover dye yes. and stuff like that. Yes. And they're like, I can't deal with this. I have such a hard time with that. That's totally me. Really? Yes. I used a clear uh, opera, um, a Visconti opera yeah? last week. It was one of the ones I had my yellow uh, ink in. And I it's been sitting on my desk for over a week now, open, just letting things evaporate from it. Because I'm like, I cannot put it away if it has even a little bit of watery mist have in you, it. It drives your, me insane. Have you tried your uh, compressed air trick that we No, because I have, a hard, I have such a hard time getting the nib out. The nib is in there so oh. tight and I have to unscrew it. I don't feel like it yeah. with Visconti nibs, like if. Yeah, that, they're in there pretty tight sometimes. It's in there so tight, and I don't want to mess it up. So okay. I'm just okay. going to just like it's hard to it's hard to love that pen for some reason just because it, I need a pen that's easily maintainable. Maintainable? Maintainable? Ma- ma- yeah, maintainable. Mm, yes. 
See, me, me, I don't like a little bit of ink spritz, a little bit of that. It doesn't, oh, it doesn't no, drives me, me nuts. Me I find it's easier just to not be bothered by it. and just. Oh, okay. Well, let me just not be bothered by yeah, it then. Just, just, boop. just change who everything fundamental about mm. who you are yeah. and what you prefer. And then that's you don't why, have this problem anymore. That's why getting rid of ink spritz was my answer to last week's question about, you know, solving a fountain pen problem. I cannot, I cannot there abide you There spritz. you go. Um, how do you feel about a pen like cartridge converter pens, like the Lamy Safari or the Lamy All-Star? Those that have pretty prominent ink windows, pretty undeniably both aesthetic and they do serve some function too. I love them. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. I Even think... the Vista. How about the yeah. Vista? Lamy Vista. How about that? That has cutouts? It's got an ink it window. Does. Yeah. It's got an ink window on well, a it's clear more, pen. It's more, more of an ink hole. I mean, that's all they are on any yeah. of the patents, right? There's I mean, a hole, it's still a window. It's, still it's, a just, window. it's yeah. just not filled with any. You can have a window yeah. that is just a hole. <laughs> it's still a window, <laughs> right? When does a when does a hole become a window? I or when a when question. is a yeah yeah that's, that's <laughs> when is a window just a hole? Yeah, no, I appreciate that because you know it still serves the same purpose. There's no, it's it, just because it's a cartridge doesn't mean it's less helpful. It's still an egg. It's still yeah. in, if you use a converter in it, it's a piston. It's no, it's. I mean, in some aspects, it's not functionally different than a piston-filled pen, other than the the piston is removable as opposed to built into the pen. But yeah, I can arguably see exactly the same where my function. ink level is on that. See that? See the interesting thing about an ink window like the Lamy's? It's like a long, skinny ink window that you can only see it from like one side. Mm-hmm. So you actually do get to see a little bit of I'll, I'll call it like the gauge of how much ink you've used. Mm-hmm. As opposed to something like, I don't know, the Aurora's or like the Lamy 2000 or something where it's it's more a around. Band. It's yeah. like a band. That's kind of mm-hmm. how Pelicans, I feel like that's how most of them are. Yeah. Like this Lamy's is more, actually this is more kind functional. of unique. That is a little bit more functional. Hey, Lamy. All right. Which that's, you know, Bauhaus. That's like function over form, right? Like that's the, that's kind of the aesthetic. So that's kind of makes sense. But I mean, it if every pen did that, you'd be like, oh, that looks like a Lamy. Like it, it, it's unignorable yeah i think it makes sense for this pen and other pens like it that might just fully lean into the utilitarian category yeah but i don't think i would like that aesthetic on a pen that's got like a more complex material i feel like that would break it up a little bit more like a sailor rialo if it had a ink window like that would you like that or okay you talked about the homo sapiens right so the homo sapiens uh, is it the crystal skyline? The sky skylight skylight. That's got the. I'm thinking the Coveco. It's got kind of that same shape as mm-hmm. the Lamy one, right? Yeah. How do you feel about? I that? love it. You like that one? Yeah. Versus the. No, I like the new one, crystal. Yeah, I like the, the new the, one with the new ink window. They improved that ink. The window. one that's like really fat and wide and down by the grip. No, because you know I mean, about? if I'm paying for lava, I want lava. Give, give me maximum lava. Give me, yeah, give me all the lava. If I don't want, pay, I mean, don't skimp me on the lava and charge me full price. When you buy a pen, you're technically paying for all of it, right? Yeah, I like the idea of the ink window because, you know, the Homo sapiens with the volcanic resin traditionally did not have an ink window. Yeah, crystal, yeah so the crystal, crystal dream, dream has like, that's too much ink window. I don't need all that. I know what's going on in there. Just let me know. And it's also got the other one. It's got a band ink window as well. It does? You're right. Yeah, I don't need both. Give me hmm. one. The double ink window is a bit, uh, it's a bit redundant. But that ink window is like way up at the back too. I prefer the ink window down further so you can see like once the ink level gets lower. But this one's got double, so I don't know. Interesting debate. I don't know. There's obviously a lot to talk about. Um, you know, I think that it's kind of a, you know, everybody's got different opinions. I think in general, 
The reason you don't see them on all pens is because there's obviously extra steps, extra construction, and yeah. thus cost and materials and everything and sometimes involved. completely segmenting the uh, barrel. Yeah, and it, it does limit, I want to say limit, it definitely impacts the aesthetic of the pen. So sometimes there may be a design choice that a manufacturer might make just to not do an ink window for that reason alone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you could argue that you're paying for that ink window, whether you like it or not. You're going to see it whether you like it or not. You know, does that outweigh the function or whatever? Then you know it's kind of up to you. So I think it's a uh, it's an interesting thing to discuss, but it's uh, not going to be for everybody. I don't know. I'll take it. Clearly, we got different opinions about it. I'll take it. But yeah, for me, it doesn't like make or break any pen. It just kind of fits into you know the overall. Like I just take it in consideration with whatever pen. Yeah, I'm I've never at. known ink windows to be a particularly divisive pen feature no but maybe we can make it one yeah let us know if you hate ink windows let's stir up some controversy around around ink windows i feel like that's a nice nice way to go about it all right now we are getting to the question that drew brought up from the feedback from diane hashtag diane diane made us do it um do certain fountain pens inks or pen and ink combinations promote greater creativity or productivity if so, we should use those combinations more because uh, you we know, need sometimes we get, sometimes we get, we need we need to, to step it up a little bit. Yes, I love this question. This was a <laughs> lot of fun, and I think the answer, Diane, is yes. Um, mm. However, I've got two conflicting schools of thought in my own brain. Mm. So here's 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 my thing. Okay, it depends. Um, so when I um, let's see. Let's see. Let me read my notes because this was complicated for me. Okay. So if I want to be like creative, if I'm trying to think of ideas or art or something like that, then I would like to use a fountain pen for like awesome fountain pen superpowers, like a really cool stub nib, like a 1.5 or something like that with an ink that looks really fun, maybe with some additional shading. So if I'm using a 1.5 with a heavily shading ink, I'm thinking about how I'm writing, right? So I am being way more intentional about writing under my words because that's Mm. how I get my preferred style of thin and thick strokes. And then I'm also stopping a little bit more often than I would normally so that I can get more shading, more pooling in certain Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So rather than having an L that's connected, I'll completely disconnect that L and I'll make Mm -hmm. the L stand on its own just so I can get that bottom pool. Mm. Um, So... Hmm. That just kind of gets me in that mindset where I'm trying new things. I'm thinking creatively. I'm thinking way more visually. And Hmm. so if that's my goal, then absolutely, I'm going to go with something fun. However, here's where the flip side comes in. Hmm. If I'm actually trying to be productive, taking notes, thinking critically about a very tactical situation, that will hurt me Hmm. because I will be paying attention to the way my pen is writing right. and how things are moving and how I'm holding it. And like, oh, if I'm rotating, it's not going to get as much of a line variation and it's just distracting to me. Hmm. So I would say, yes, it can help me creatively. Um, but if I am thinking a little bit more productivity, if I'm just outlining some sort of action plan or something like that, I, I need to go with something basic. That's how hmm. that helps me. So I would yeah. stick with a uh, fine or extra fine nib and probably a black ink. So I think mm. that for me anyway, I need to switch things up in order to make the pen ink combination conducive to what I'm doing. But the answer is still a yes, either way. Mm. Like I believe that that combo most definitely 
helps increase productivity. Just for me, I need to kind of tailor it to which sort of productivity I'm trying to get to. Yeah, even I'm thinking like, what do you consider productivity? Oh God, there's Brian. If you are- What do you mean by productivity? It could mean anything. Okay, mister, I have two (laughs) schools of thought and I gotta look at my own notes. They were two very (laughs) well-defined schools of thought, Brian. I I agree with you and I'm not debating you. I'm I'm adding adding some shading to the color that you have painted. Oh yes, you're absolutely adding some shade. Absolutely. God. Shading, shading. Right. Uh huh. Shade away. I'm just making the, the picture away. more, more have more depth. Oh boy, I don't, I don't know how to make this sound like <laughs> I'm not trying to insult Drew. I'm agreeing with him. No, that's fine. And I'm adding no, my. I thoughts. was, I was, I was, wow. I was giving you crap for your. That's a bad ink window to choose, Brian. That's right. Your ink window right. sucks. Boo. Oh, hey, my ink window. <laughs> so I think it can depend, right? Like productivity could mean you know I have to take. I have to take notes on this thing. I'm not actually focused on whether it's the, I don't know, the aesthetic like outcome of the writing, you know, because I'm just referencing it for myself. I need to be focused more on my own thoughts and maybe what I'm hearing and that kind of stuff. So therefore, what it looks like on the page is not as important as long as I can read it, like that that kind of a thing. So would you get distracted if you did have a little bit more going on? Uh, I think it depends. It depends on the purpose. Like, like you know. Well, let's say you're, let's about, say you're at a, a good conference. Example. You, were, you were there recently. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Would you would would it have been less productive for you to use like a 1.5 with you know a light blue that shades really well? That would well. make it a little more complicated. Yeah, yeah. I, that, it's, that's it's more it. more to have to think about for yeah. sure. But I would also argue it depends on what the productivity is that you're trying to do. And a, a, a tangible example for us, and this is maybe unique, but like say we're trying to post an example of, you know, writing sample or something like that. And we want to put a picture on Instagram or do it for like some B-roll for a video. You know, the the productivity that we're going for actually is the writing or trying to show a certain ink or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty so, unique. So, yeah, I mean, it might be unique. But So I think, what, what do you think your combo is if you are just kind of taking notes just to get your ideas down? Yeah, I mean, this is like when I go to a, a work conference or I, I go to meet up with somebody that I haven't met before. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking a little less, how do I make what I'm writing look good? And I'm just thinking, you know, reliability, a pen that, you know, is not is going to not distract me, good or bad. Right. I don't want something that's going to be so fun and interesting and compelling that I'm going to be distracted by it or something so like, you know, not to my liking or tastes that I would also get distracted. It just it's got to kind of fall into a sort of a, you know, safe zone, I guess. Oh, so so you could get distracted if it's like too lame and boring. Yeah. <gasps> Especially oh. if it's like, you know, if it's like a, a you know, if there's more texture to it mm. than like to the nib on the page than I generally prefer, mm. you know, because if I'm taking quick notes or something, I might use a paper that's that's not like a tome away. Like right. the, I want a faster dry time. So I might not want a nib that has also got a lot of tooth to it because then just like the texture, the feeling of that could actually distract me a little bit. So I might make some choices there. So I don't know. It's, it's, there's probably like a middle ground there that I look for, but I also don't want to like overthink it so much, yeah. you know, because I feel like we are already in that zone. I don't know what you're talking about. We never but, overthink things here. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it depends on on what your productivity is. Or, or, or I'll, give, I'll give another example because like producing like ink, you know, pen content maybe not, is not everybody's vibe. Nope. Like for me, uh, productivity could involve some creativity. Like if I'm trying to brainstorm or do some like mind mapping. There you go. Or like that kind of stuff. There is creativity in that, but the creativity is more so in like the thought 
and and what I'm trying to th- work through and think through than it is like the actual like visual output of what's on the page. So for me, you know, I could use certain inks or pens or whatever to help with some of those creative thoughts, but there's a productivity aspect to it. So, so what uh, what would be your ideal like if you were trying to do that yeah, mind yeah. mapping or whatever you called it? Yeah, like what I, I, uh, what so, combo are you picking? So I, I kind of thought about that because. You scroll all the way down past your notes and get to mine, which are almost equally as long, even though it's actually your question. Um, I said, basically, like, there's no one pen ink combo that works for everybody or that even, like, works for me. Like, I mix it up and stuff like that. But I think, generally speaking, when I'm going more the, like, I'm taking notes for notes' sake and I'm just trying to capture, you know, stuff to reference later i'll go with a, a a somewhat interesting ink maybe like a blue something that's just like visual appealing but not distracting it has a little bit of shading to it because i just like that it just to me it's just like it's interesting so enough. Blue, blue water ice then uh more or less yeah i may or may not yeah. have a large bottle or two of that yeah. that i've gone through so that uh is is a pretty good one it doesn't you know, it doesn't have anything crazy in terms of its properties, yeah. pretty easy to maintain. Mm-hmm. So even just like when I go to something like a work conference, it's several days, you know, I can just re-ink the pen. I don't have to worry about cleaning and all that kind of stuff very much. Um, so it's just very, it's very low maintenance, low effort. And I can focus a little more on what I'm actually doing there. And I have some of that reliability and stuff like that, but it's still interesting. And I yeah. like the color and it's fun. Um, and there I'll go with something that's more of a workhorse pen, like a Lamy 2000 type of a thing with a finer nib, extra finer fine nib. I generally would like a little bit broader nib than that. But if I'm going for work, like work note-taking purposes, I don't want to be taking like a huge notebook with all these massive notes and stuff. I'd rather have it a little more compact and smaller and not going as much for the visual aesthetic of it. But if I'm going for more of like a brainstorming, mind mapping type of a thing, I would want a broader nib and a little wetter ink, something that's really going to gush a bit because it's not so much that I'm writing out just pages and pages and pages of notes. I'm writing something, I'm circling it, I'm drawing an arrow. I'm, you know, it's, it kind of falls a little more into like the drawing zone. I might have some pictures and doodles yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like, I can totally get that. So I would want something that's a little wetter and I might use a couple of different pens with different colors in it to represent different thoughts or things. So that's where I'll be a little more in kind of a, that, that like artistic creative I space like that. is the brainstorming area. I like that. Yeah. And there I'll go with like, you know, I might still use, that's why I like dot grid paper because it can really do both. You know, if you want to draw and do like larger stuff and kind of just ignore the dots, Mm -hmm. you can do that and you can, and you can do these like doodles and all kinds of stuff. But then, you know, if you have lined paper, it's, it's a little like it competes a little bit. Yeah. It's hard to ignore those. Yeah. And if I like try to go take notes somewhere on blank paper, I'm like, this is chaos. Absolutely. Like I I end up with everything all slanted and weird or I have to like put a sheet of something behind it and then I've got to really concentrate and sometimes it's dark wherever you are and it's just like it's too much work so dot grid i find is like just such a good all around completely agree yeah so there you go not sure if that helps at all with a with I, I mean, I'm sure question that, here i'm but, sure we've got a lot of folks out there that have their own system of doing things and their own technique so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. let us know what you think yeah of course i've only ever got three colors i can use so my mind mapping can only go so far oh well my I have endless, much like my mind i have endless possibilities for what i could end up with as it's, long as they're not crustified and all barnacly there's no promises made on that front but i mean i have gone to i've like traveled and brought like 40 pens with me before just so many you bring 40 pens around with you within your backpack around the office sometimes that's not uncommon yes 
Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Since I've when been you, like when, splitting when, my time at home, right? When you were I all, carry fewer pens with me. When yeah. you were like always on site, though, if you're back, if you were going to the kitchen with your backpack, you'd have like forty pens. Like I gotta go not to the unusual. kitchen. Let, let me bring all my pens with me. It's not unusual. Well, I just have everything with me. <laughs> I mean, I I would. It's not unusual for me to have like a twenty pound backpack that I just carry around with me everywhere. Is that I a go. new backpack? I thought I did get. A new I backpack. noticed. Yeah, I yeah. So you bought one, like the same backpack for like years. This one's a little different. It's a little different. One thing and about I'm, and I'm and I'm. I'm absorbing that. I couldn't find the I'm exact so sorry. same one. I'm the so different sorry. pockets are different. Oh, and I'm no. like, all right. One thing about Brian Goulet that you may not know is this man is not afraid to buy multiples of the same thing if he finds something he likes. If it works. If I go to a restaurant <laughs> and I really like the meal I get, I'll just go and he order is, that thing from there on out. He's a very practical man. I don't man. need to explore. Yeah. He's on more than one occasion, he has had two of the same car. Yeah, we have two of the same car right now, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Yeah, actually, yeah, we have, yeah. Rachel and I, for the majority of our time together, have owned the same vehicle. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, y'all, 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 yeah, y'all are both similar in that way. Rachel has yeah. had multiple pairs of the same shoe, uh, yeah. multiple pairs of the same shirt, I think, probably. Probably. Like, I have multiples of a lot of clothes. Yeah, you guys yeah. are very similar in that way. Oh, yeah. I, th- like I think that's Shorts, unique. especially. Yeah. Especially because, you know, I love love me some pockets. I, I've I'm, known that, yes. Yes. I, it's got to have a phone pocket. Like, I just... I'm sorry. It's 2022. I just... I have to have... My back pocket works just fine. Po- no, I can't do that, man. I can't sit on my phone. Well, you don't sit on it. You take it out. I am getting up and sitting down <laughs> so much. It's just... I'll leave my phone places and I'll never find it. Like, I got to have it with me all uh-huh. times. No, I, I got to have the like phone pocket. Like they, as soon as clothes started existing that had a phone pocket, I was like, never going back. This is what I need from now on. That is now the number. It's like, does it have the waist size that I need? Does it have a phone pocket? Okay. Everything else comes second. That's amazing. I kid you not. The shorts I'm wearing right now, I own multiple pairs. I, I, I dig that. I respect the heck out of that. I think that. At some yeah. point in my life, if I could find like a uniform to wear, like, you know, maybe like once I hit 65, I'm like, I'd like to have a uniform. My closet should just be all the same shirt. I've, all the same, like, a, like, I've a, like a cartoon character. I've legitimately you know, contemplated doing that because it would just make something so much simpler. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I can't really commit. I don't know what, especially like winter to summer. Like, no way. Like, I just, I would have to mix it up more than that. My dad kind of had a uniform for a long time. He was basically mm-hmm. like a black polo like with a little red polo man on it okay and you know tucked into very bright light blue jeans that's like that was that was that was his uniform for like all throughout my childhood okay that's a look yep that was simple white sneakers of course wow yeah okay i have all of the same pair of socks i did until i wanted some fun socks and i have some like random like parks and recs and muppet socks but i own fun socks but i don't yeah. wear them but generally it's all the same black pair yeah. yep because no one sees my socks because no one sees my ankles <laughs> that's true it doesn't matter what socks i wear people can't see my socks but no one cares no one cares what socks i wear so i want socks that i don't have to sort through them when i pair them up for them doing laundry there you go so speaking of creativity <laughs> and inks oh yeah How, um are we doing a podcast is that what's going on here <laughs> i thought we were talking about our laziness and clothing choices uh uh, anyway, all right, let's move it along. There we here. go. Okay, we've Next got question. a question from <laughs> Jess. And Jess asks, how rare is it to get a bad bottle of ink? Mm. I loved the look of Apple Glory. Diamond. What I'm writing with is so much darker and kind of grainy feeling. I'm hoping it's just a dud bottle and I'll buy a sample. Grainy feeling? I mean, I don't think 
any ink is supposed to feel grainy? I question whether that's the, I, I don't have any more context than what was asked here. So I would question that. I would look look more into that. Maybe clean the pen. Yeah. Try it in a different pen. See if it truly is the ink that's got the grain. Apple Glory is pretty light. Like if you put I mean, it's, that it's into a, a sample, you might be able to see if there's any funky stuff in there. Yeah. I it's a very light green. I mean, if there's like graininess happening to the point where you're feeling it through the pen, like that to me is a little weird. So the thing I will say is it's not that common to get no. bad ink, especially new bad ink. Like yeah. batch batch issues can happen. Things can happen in the bottling process and all that. But it's going to be rare that like one bottle of new ink is going to be yeah. bad. And Diamond's pretty good about that. They are pretty good. Diamond is not get a brand Diamond. very known for having batch variation or no, funky really. stuff in their ink. Really. They, they've pretty much like it's, it's like all they do is ink. So yeah. they've got it pretty nailed down. I mean, that said, it can happen to any brand. Certainly. And it, over the years, it has happened to almost every brand. So it's it's not like impossible, but uh, probably the best thing is to reach out as quickly as you think that something might be weird. Uh, reach out to the place where you got it. If it's, if it's like a recent bottle that you got. If it's something you've been using for a while, well, then some bets are off, right? It's a lot because of variables. There's a lot of variables. As soon as you just open it up and start really using that ink, you're introducing outside elements and contaminants and stuff into it. It becomes a lot more difficult to actually trace back to when there's an issue. But if you reach out to the retailer, whether it's us or whoever, um, let them know as soon as possible because chances are if there is some kind of like greater batch variation, you're not going to be the only person that's reached out about it. And it's going to... One, either give the retailer notice and they can pull some of the bottles on the shelves. Like this, that's what we would do. If you reach out to us and you were like, hey, I bought Apple Glory. It feels grainy in my pen. We'd be like, that's kind of weird. Like, can you, like, we might ask for a picture. Like, is there anything in the bottom of the bottle? Like, what does this mean? We might have to dig in a little bit, but then we are going to be like, go check the shelf. Like, let's check a bottle or two that we have, see if there's anything weird. We would look to see, is anybody else giving us similar kind of feedback? Is this like a larger issue? If, you know, if we're noticing anything and we don't have an explanation, we might reach out to our distributor or the manufacturer and say, hey, we've gotten a complaint or several complaints. We're noticing things. We have no explanation. Can you tell us what's going on? So it's always helpful to pass it up the chain and and reach back out if it's something that's newer. If it's something that you've had for a while, that gets a little tougher. But um, especially with like grainy stuff. I mean, that's that's a little weird. That's not that's not a thing that we hear. No, Often. usually if there's something funky in ink, it's slimy and sludgy. Not, right, not, or not like a weird smell or something yeah, like that. Yeah, not necessarily grainy. Grainy is definitely yeah. not a common funky term. Yeah, so for me, grainy feeling, I'm like, clean your pen, clean your, like clean some stuff, and let's see if there's maybe another issue. Um, and if it is actually, let's try and isolate whether it is the ink. But the thing I will say is like there are some things that can happen like that are more particulate uh, consequence as opposed to like a sludge mm-hmm. or a mold kind of a thing. Yep, like some um, sort of a separation. Yeah, like sometimes there's different components. I mean, there's a lot of different dyes that when they're mixed, they can have some kind of reaction. There can be some settling. There can be some crystallization or other things. Sometimes, you know, certain inks will kind of like crystallize like on the rim of the cap. And like you go to uncap it and it like looks kind of crusty and stuff like that. It's not necessarily an issue, um, you know, unless it's actually affecting the ability of the bottle to close. Then it's more of an issue. But sometimes that just happens because of reactions of certain dyes, um, especially if really saturated colors. There's a lot of dye in there. You know, there could be more of a propensity for that to happen. Sometimes there can even be like crystallization settling that actually happens. So there is an actual like particulate, you know, that looks, I don't know, almost a little bit more like shimmer, but not as prominent, like not as, you don't even really notice it on the page. 
but it's just some like like fallout that happens as a reaction to the dyes. That's not really anything uh, generally of concern. Like we, there are some inks that we've had that happen and we've talked to manufacturers and they're like, yeah, that tends to happen with yeah. certain colors. And really it might be happening more than you think. The color is just not light enough for you actually to see it. Yeah, but it shouldn't really affect the way that it feels in the no. pen generally The speaking. only thing I can think is that Apple Glory like feathers like crazy. It is a it, 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 it yeah, soaks it's a, in it's a, really. It's a spreader. Yeah, I use that to test certain types of paper. I'm like, well, can it handle Apple Glory? So maybe you're just feeling more of the paper than you normally feel because it's just hmm. really, really watery. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I just want to throw that out there just in case. That could be. I mean, yeah, maybe the word grainy that you're using could just be like feedback and stuff that and you're, maybe if you're, you're not used if to, you're used to using a more you know, viscous ink. Maybe you just don't feel the paper as much. I don't know. I'm not, not now that I'm saying it, I don't feel confident in that, but Apple glory is kind of a weird ink. Yeah. But either it's, way, it's re- got some thing. It's got some things about it. Yeah. Reach out to the, reach out to where you got it though. Cause that's, that's going to be good. Um, so that said, normally when we hear about ink being bad, People are talking about sludge, mold, weird smells, that stuff. That's a little more serious. And we, you know, that's the kind of thing you, you, it's hard to bring it back from that once it's happened. Um, inks, most inks will have some kind of biocide or something to keep growth from happening. Um, you know, if you think these, these inks are made to last for years and, you know, anything that's wet that is supposed to last for years Stuff's going to want to grow in it. So unless there's some kind of active biocide in there, mm, you know, it's it's generally pretty tough to keep stuff out of there for a really extended period of time. So it's not unusual to maybe have some stuff introduced. But, you know, we've had some times where there's been, you know, instances of some kind of contamination or something in like a batch. uh, And you can uh, have, you know, mold issues and all that. You just don't use it. You know, if you need to clean out your pens, if you suspect that you've put something moldy in your pen, you know, have a, having a light bleach solution like diluted bleach, maybe 10% household bleach to 90% water. Flush your pen with that a few times really good. Don't leave it like sitting in your pen because bleach can react with certain metals for extended periods of time. But just to clean it out, just to kill whatever might have been in there is a good idea. But definitely let any, wherever you got it, let let them know. Or if it's if you've had the ink for a while and it's just your stuff that you have and it's you suspect it's moldy, just ditch it. It's not worth trying to save it, unfortunately. Um, you can't really bring it back so easily once that's happened. Yeah, and you can but, prevent yeah. that by when you use your bottled ink, um, eject any unused ink back into a sample vial rather than the actual bottle. Just don't try to open your bottle more than you absolutely have to just to minimize the amount of entry opportunities for mm-hmm. foreign substances and yeah. um, try to store it away from sunlight, things like that, you know, kind of your common sense sort of things, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, overall, it is not very common to get a truly bad bottle of ink brand new from the factory. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next question we have from 6 by 6 for Matt. Ooh. King of demonstrators. Already own a custom 92 Pilot, VAC 700R, Twisby, and Opus 88. Opus 88. <laughs> Demonstrator, I would assume. Right. So, Drew, you have some feelings. I have a declarative statement. Oh. Right out are of the you, gate. Are you feeling like you can crown a king of demonstrators? I, yes. I, I believe it has to I be. Think I think you might be more confident about this than me, but go ahead. Well, I usually am because <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, it depends on what you call a demonstrator. I could demonstrate anything. <laughs> that does sound like me. <laughs> that does sound like me. You kind of nailed it. <laughs> what am I demonstrating? What am I wearing while I'm demonstrating? It? No, it's okay. Um, That's so, so true. 
That's so true. So mm. I have to say the Twisby 580, right? Because it mm. is, you know, Twisby, pretty solid Twi- Twisby has a thing where like they have said, we are going to do demonstrators. They literally call the pen the Diamond 580 because right. of like the diamond pattern on the pen. It has this gorgeous facets was, that are there to make the ink look good. I mean, mm-hmm. what other demonstrator other than the 580 says, we're not just going to show you the ink. We're going to show you the ink in a very, very aesthetically pleasing way where we're going to reflect the ink for you. And the Twis- mm-hmm. so Twisby have, has basically said, we're going to do demonstrators. That's going to be our thing. Yeah. And Opus 88 kind of does that too. They're, they're in the zone where they're like focusing primarily on demonstrators. Yeah, like you can tell like that was the intention like from the onset. Yeah, we're going to yeah. design a pen around this goal. So they're definitely doing that and they do it well but not as well as Twisby. Twisby, I think, owns the demo-only market. There are plenty other brands that also do demonstrator pens successfully, but Twisby has basically you know, staked their flag there, and uh, I got to give them credit for that. So the 580 is not only a beautiful-looking pen as a demonstrator because it shows you the ink in there in a very, very nice way. The Ego mm-hmm. also very, very nice because it's a smooth barrel, so you get to see every last little detail. True. So the 580 Diamond does refract a little bit more, so it you could argue it makes it less clear. I like the mm. 580 because of that look, but mm. what I also love about the 580 that I would not give the Eco extra points for is as a demonstrator, mm-hmm. it is fully disassemblable, and as a demonstrator, it does not have an inner shroud in the grip section that can capture ink between the nib the nib feed housing and the outer grip. Okay. And that is a common thing with sailor and mm. pilot demonstrators. They have some beautiful beautiful demonstrators, but they have this thing mm. where ink gets all up in between the outer grip and the inner um housing unit. What's the problem with that? I don't like looking at ink when you can't get it clean. You just got to fundamentally change who you are and what your preferences are. So the the, the 580 allows you to completely pull that out, clean it. The Eco's not bad either. It doesn't have an inner thing. It's just, but it's, but you know, it's But like stuff can get caught up in there. That's more like, you know. But you can, but you can pull the feed and clean it. It's just one piece. It's not an inner outer situation. Fair, fair. So that, that to me, you know, has to, uh, has to give points to the 580. And I did want to also shout out the Pilot Prera, which is a demonstrator that doesn't get nearly enough credit. Um, a lot of fee- a lot of people, I think, write it off because you're more or less paying sixty some dollars for the same writing experience that you could get with a you know you know ten dollar Kakuno. Um, so that's it's the same nib, but it's really well made. The capping the cap is function. Oh my god, it's so pretty good. Phenomenal. And that one, you can also completely clear the grip section. So it's not a mm-hmm. double double walled grip section. So you can clear Pretty that. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm going to give an honorable mention to the Prera, but give the crown to the Diamond 580. I would say if the Diamond 580 is the, is the king in your scenario, that the Eco would be the prince. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could say like, that. You know, it definitely, it's it's in the same lineage. For sure. But I don't know that the Eco could For sure. rule the kingdom. Well, I mean, the, 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 yeah, the, the prince is more approachable. You know, it's going to be easy to meet him. Doesn't have quite as much like responsibility, right? You know, right? Maybe one day might, but he's going to show up for more events, probably. <laughs> yeah, you know, more yeah. more charity functions. He's <laughs> going to cut more ribbons. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what princes do? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea what we're talking about here. Um, I had a couple others. I. You know, I, I think I get the vibe of like what is the the king metaphor in this situation. Yeah. Like, um, 
but I, yeah, I just left it open. You know, it depends on how you interpret. You can say what it you want to say. I'm not going to judge you. You say what you like, want to say. King of Demonstrators. I didn't know, like, maybe it was like, what's the most popular? Because, you know, if we're not going with, like, price and size and all this kind of stuff, I would say, like, just the OG clear platinum preppy. There's so many people that have that pen. You're and right. you can eyedropper convert mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Like, super affordable, crazy reliable pen. I could make an argument in some definition or scenario that the platinum preppy could be a contender, but like really it's like one of the most affordable pens out there. I so mean, it's like, you could say, you, you could say, um, I, I think it's safe to say that the preppy has been sold more than the 580 has for sure. By volume. I'm certain yeah. that has like hundred percent. So if you're like going that route, yeah. If you're going case. that route, you know, Hey, salute the, salute the preppy for yeah. sure. I mean, for that matter, the Lamy Vista, that's been around for a while. That's a good one. It yeah. doesn't often get a lot of just like, wow, You're this right. is such a unique pen because it's it's really a Lamy Safari. And mm-hmm. In fact, it was first came out as the Lamy Safari Vista. It was basically a variant of the Safari, mm-hmm. but it just became so known as the Vista color. They just call it the Lamy Vista. I mean, when we group it on our website, I'm sure we group it with the Safaris. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, that is a demonstrator pen. Yeah. And I think you could argue that is a very solid it is. And for that, for that pen. price, you know, when you get into like lower price demonstratory things like, oh, look, I'm buying a clear this, whatever the product might be. Yeah. The, the, the more affordable you get, the more cloudy the resin usually gets. It's um, possible. Yeah. It's, so it's, but it's that, harder to get it crystal clear. Yeah. You know? Like that. Um, oh, you have to pay for it. It takes work and effort to make something crystal clear. You got to well, polish inside yeah. and out and. Um, or, you know, like, like the preppy is pretty crystal clear as well. Yeah. And there is even is a preppy crystal. That's a thing that's come out. That's even like more clear if you, if you want to make that argument. Um, but you know, to, to get a really clear plastic like that, sometimes it's more brittle. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the plastic and how it's yeah. made and that kind of stuff. So there's always a trade off. Like, you know, think about like the Bic crystal, like ballpoint pen. Right. Like, yeah, that's it's, it's clear, but like yeah. you sit on that thing and it's going to crush into a thousand yeah. pieces. I mean, know? the, the, pre- the preppy can crack for of. sure. The preppy can crack. Like yeah. I have cracked preppies. If Me I've too. had it in my pocket and sat on it, you know, always on the threads. You can't, but it's so inexpensive. It's you know, right. It's not as much a concern. But um, you know, so it's like it is pretty durable. But yeah, if you drop that pen the wrong way on you know in the parking lot or something like that, it can crack and scratch and stuff like yeah. that. Um, that is where like the eco actually really does shine because um, I know that that was part of what they were going for, and they they do like. I don't, I can't, I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I've like really looked all into this. So I might be speaking a little outside my expertise. I know they do like a very specific kind of like coating treatment sort of thing that's, that's quite involved on the 580 in order to get it so crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they do something similar on the Eco, but I think the, the, the type of plastic might be slightly different on the Eco. And I so think it is. I think is that, this ringing a bell at all? I think it is because I remember at one point, um, being told that uh, the eco would be more susceptible to uh, getting cloudy if used with with uh, alcohol, denatured alcohol, right? I like, believe that was that it. It'll yeah, cloud more or something yeah. Because I don't know if that was because of the treatment that it was or something, or the lack of. Yeah, yeah. So, so I know there is some slight difference in either the material or the treatment that's done. Yeah, you know, between the two pens. But either way, I mean, they're both very, very clear looking pens yeah. so you know there is some trade-off and usually the more affordable the pen the more potential there is for that um and then i was thinking if you wanted to go more of like the premium route to mm-hmm. think of like because i think of the the same definition you have of like what is a flagship model pen right like, like flagship if you're talking about a car for example might be 
something that sits in the showroom that nobody like really draws. Yeah, it's like who gets to define flagship? Does the dealer define it? Like, hey, I this is our th- flagship car. Is it? So like my understanding to me, in my mind, like I before I really knew anything growing up or whatever, I thought flagship just meant like the most popular one that you think of that's kind of like the brand is known for. But I think more officially by its definition, a flagship would be like the most premium model. So you think of like the where the term flagship, I believe where it comes from, has to do with like an armada or some kind of like, yeah. you know, back back in the days where you had like wooden ships and in, in, in naval situations, the flagship was the biggest ship that all the other ships could look back to and they would literally signal the flags yeah. to do the oh. whatever navigation during battle. So the flagship was like the biggest you know, most impressive, most visually flattering Mm. ship, not necessarily like the most popular, like you wouldn't have as many. So in that respect, I could make a different argument than like the 580 or something like that. I could go with something more like a Pelican M1000 demonstrator, M1005 demonstrator. Usually they only do them in like limited edition. I was about to say, we've never even sold one of those. No. And I don't even know if they make them on any kind of a regular basis, but I think of that type of pen as being more of a flagship pen or say like a sailor. Well, no one ever said flagship. They said king. Well, so if I'm going with, there's like a relationship, right? Like, ooh, sorry. In the in the days of kings, right. you're looking you would for the have biggest, like biggest, most navies flashy. with flagships, right? Okay, like, so fair enough. Okay, I see you wanna, where you're going. I'm just you're leaving going. it open to interpretation no, here. No, no, I'm not against know? this. I'm, I'm, so, feel, I'm feeling this. Uh, if, you, if you wanted to go with like most impressive, most regal. Right. I, I mean, the 580 could make an argument for that, but I would think something like maybe like a Sailor 1911 or, you know. Like can, that, the clear one with the gold hardware. Right. That looks like good. That you could. That is a good looking demonstrator. I think you got to throw that one in the mix. Yeah. You know, that's where like the Pelican kind of thing could go in. So I don't know. Depends which route we want to go with it. Yeah, that's true. None of this matters. And yeah, yeah. Who's electing up, the king? Nobody. Nobody. The king just whatever. Does it. I, don't, <laughs> I, I can't even say anymore. I knew nothing about any of this, but uh, we threw, we threw hopefully some we had some good there. banter. Yeah. All right, go. Drew. Let's talk about something that I do know about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Henry Willoughby asks, from a business perspective, Brian, what okay. worked and didn't work with the Ink Drop subscription? Ink Drop? What oh, the hey? Yeah. What a clever name. Golly gosh what darn. Cool what is name. What even is that? Well, you BG? know, Drew, because you do. were there for most of it. I do. I misshipped um, about 100 of them one time, and Rachel does not let me forget it. That's Well, you bring it up more I than do, she I does. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But she's always just like, instead of being like, she's like, oh, I wouldn't have been there. She's like, yeah. Yeah, that cost us some money. Drew <laughs> <laughs> always apologizes for it. Uh, uh, we'll, get, we'll explain the context if you don't know what you're talking about. We'll explain the context. But basically, to lay it out, uh, Ink Drop was the name of a subscription program that we had that was for ink samples. So we would theme ink samples we based it around the number five so we had five ink samples we would mail it out every month you would you know sign up in a subscription and we would just we would just mail them out we would come up with a theme we group them all together and everybody got the same ink samples the same time every month and that was complicated we did it for four and a half years so it was not like oh let's try this oh this is a disaster let's stop it we started out i mean it was just rachel and i in the house i think it was I believe September of 2010 was the first one we did. It was early, not even a year in selling fountain pens. Wow. And we started ahead, a little this. ahead of the curve there. We got ahead of ourselves for sure. That was before Netflix was, uh, no, that, that was, was like during Netflix was, was send, like, sending out discs. Yeah. That was like when Instagram like was originally created, yeah. like right around that time frame. So gives you some perspective there before Snapchat, you know, so very, very early on. Um, so, I mean, it was okay. It was a cool idea 
and at the time, you know, I think we had like 70 members or something like <gasps> right off the bat, which was a big deal for us. And so we were like, cool. We we're like onto something. And it was manageable because like, you know, two mil samples, you think about your average bottle, say it has 50 milliliters. I don't know, just on average. Okay. Yeah. 70. That's like a couple of bottles. Like we can work with that. Well, over time, mm-hmm. as the program grew, we started to run into logistical issues. So I would say most, the things that worked is that it was fun. It got our name out there. It was unique, you know, to the fountain pen world at the time. You know, it was exciting and interesting. It gave, you know, it, it gave a lot of reason for people to find us at a time when we weren't worth knowing about. And we <laughs> we uh, were able to get a lot of ink into people's hands when maybe they were not as willing to try, you know, certain things that they weren't sure about. And we themed it together in a fun way. It was community building. So there were a lot of really good aspects of it. But the logistics basically just killed us on, on all of it. Um, we, had, we had to dedicate so many people to putting these things together. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And part of that was just the way that we did it. We didn't necessarily think too much about how it would scale. Um, and so it became more and more prohibitive to do it as we grew. And uh, if you ever watched The Office, and Drew, I know you've seen The Office. I have. A little bit. It's like the Michael Scott Paper Company where they like sit down with the CPA and they're like, uh, as you as you sell more paper, you're going to lose more money. That was what we came to realize with Ink Drop. It was like, oh, this is not scalable. Yeah. Like there, there were no economies of scale to the way. Can you just crunch the numbers it. again? Yeah. And, and like... <laughs> you're still losing money. You know? uh, that's eventually what we came to realize. Um, and it was complicated because to actually calculate all that stuff was complex because there were a lot of different components to it. But, um, you know, basically we had, um, you know, shipping prices increase on it almost doubled from the time, like our costs almost doubled. And we tried to keep the prices the same for as long as we could. We had an international component to it as well, which already messed up the like delivery right. times oh, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But then shipping prices started, and now they've gone even higher since then. So trying to keep an affordable program with shipping included that shipped every month, it got to be where it wasn't going to be making a whole lot of sense. Um, we had too many subscribers at the time that we were you know, at the end of it uh, to really keep fulfilling it the way that we were, especially with everybody getting the same ink. We had some major supply issues. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Like we would try to theme stuff out. It got to the point where we were trying to plan it, no joke, six months in advance, but then stuff would fall through or right. uh, shipment would get broken or lost or the manufacturer so we'd, we'd had like, said they could do something but then they couldn't it was so all like, of a sudden crap. we're missing a color and we need to talk to another distributor we're like, like at the last minute we have to find like a ton of multiples ink. of bottles yeah. and you know we would use all the popular stuff at first and it was kind of easy but then as we were trying not to repeat colors and we were getting to more and more obscure colors that was sometimes our like, very worst sellers sometimes we even themed it around some of the worst that was one of my favorite know? it was called spring cleaning where we, we where we did our five worst selling inks and then a and then a sample of pen flush so you can get rid of them that's right that's right i love that one i thought that was that great was, so we had a lot of fun that was it was like idea. creative we had clever ideas but it honestly got to the point where it was just an absolute chore to try to put this stuff together logistically. Um, we had all kinds of issues logistically where we weren't able to get one of the colors and we had a theme and it was like, okay, we can just shove anything in here. It won't make any sense. So we had to just every month, it was just trying to cram stuff in and make it happen. And it was to the point where it was like even the distributor in the U.S., like most of the stuff, I mean, Fountain Pen Inc., it's, 
it's not exactly like selling like housewares or groceries or diapers or something that everybody's buying. There's not a lot in the grand scheme of things. There's not a lot of ink of any given color in the U.S. at any one time. Yeah. So unless you're selling the most popular colors, literally some of our distributors might keep 10 bottles, 20 bottles of some of the lesser popular colors like at their place for the supply for the U.S., you know, and, and your retailer might keep a couple of bottles on hand. So it's not like there's thousands of bottles that can be delivered in two days on a given notice. Like, yeah, maybe the we like, to, like, very most popular ones, but like a lot, a lot of them. And, and like you said, like toward the end, we were we were asking for some of the more random, yeah. not super popular so, ones. So and, it was like four to six months out. We would have to talk to the distributor and say, can you get the manufacturer to make us a batch of XYZ yeah, color? For an ink drop that we want to do six months from now. Yeah. Okay. You, you know? want how many bottles of Shoreline Gold? Like what? Like right. Yeah. Sure. Like no, we don't have. Why would we have that much Shoreline Gold? Right. So it, it got complicated, um, just because of the supplies, um, and there was not really any economies of scale to our production of it either. You know, none of the manufacturers were shipping us larger containers mm-hmm. of ink. So literally, if we wanted more ink, it was just get more bottles. Lots you of know, bottles. and it's like it, we couldn't save anything on labor. There was just like we were running into friction as it got as it got bigger, just everything got more complicated and nothing was really getting easier in any respect because of the size. We of the had program. to shut down so much in order to just like stop doing everything so that we could all get together and put those things together. Yeah. Even just to like print the labels for all the packages. Print and stuff. the labels. Like, oh my God. All right, how, how like long? the next two days, oh my God, it's yeah. ink drop day. And then someone also designed like a little <laughs> card, a little themed card that talked about the theme and, you know, listed what was in there. And that always had a unique design component oh, to yeah. it. Oh yeah. We would have to print the cards for the, and it was fun, you know, we would do that, but then we'd have to get the cards printed in advance. And then if anything disruptive happened with the ink, we'd be like, well, throw out all those oh. cards. We got to rush order a new batch of cards with the ink change that happened. It was it was stressful. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm having anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> so it was a cool idea. We only did it as long as we did because it was fun, because the community really loved it. We stopped making money on it a while. Like, Well, I think we were, you know, I don't know how much money we ever really made doing yeah, it, it, to wasn't be honest a lot, with you. Yeah. But as soon as the shipping costs started going up, at the end, for sure, we were losing money doing yeah. it. And that's where it was like, all right. Yeah, it's not as fun anymore. And we're not we, making any money. Yeah, I remember it. we it's calculated like, it and we're like, oh, no, we're not making anything we're on making money. we're like, like well at least it's bringing in a bunch of new people and we we're like nope it's not, not really doing that either not, no. so we, we did some hardcore analysis towards the end which was kind of kind of rough on the ego but we were like it, it kind of just showed us like I, th- I think it ran its course i think it served the purpose it was a lot of fun and we really enjoyed it while we did it but we didn't need to continue doing it. So we stopped. And unfortunately, that's what it was. And, and like trying to do it now, it would not make sense at all. Like we would have to charge such a cost to do it that everybody would be like, this really isn't worth it's it. It's not so. worth it. You just just buy buy a bunch of surprise me samples every month. And you got Well, it. yeah, that's just it. And then we well, then we started doing the surprise me samples and really promoting those and surprise me package sets. Yeah, too. Buy, buy a surprise me package set and then I challenge you to come up with a theme that unifies <laughs> all of your random sets. Right. Yeah. But it was fun. We did contests and stuff around the different inks, you know, and all that. It was it was fun while it lasted, but it uh, you know, it ran its course. So good question. And uh, don't ask us to bring it back because we're not going to. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the tip of the week. All right. So, Drew, this tip is going to be very straightforward and not very visual either. I will visualize it in my mind. You grapes. Yes, crush it in your mind, Vice. Um, so, uh, if you have a new pen mm-hmm. 
uh, imagine you're taking it out of the box. Ooh. You are a Namiki Emperor. Uh, okay, why well, you, you, you're dreaming? Go for it. <laughs> This is a bad example. That's an eyedropper pen. Maybe go with Yukari Royale. Let's go with Yukari okay, Royale. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Vermilion Yukari Royale. Okay, there got you it. go. So you got the pen. You're taking, you're crinkling the plastic in your fingers. Mm-hmm. You're taking it out of the plastic. Rubbing it on my face. I mean, I'm sorry. Rubbing, what? okay. Yeah. Let's sorry. keep huh? this, let's keep this uh, family friendly here, All right, Jerome. sorry. Okay. So um, what are you, what are you going to do? Are you just going to throw that thing in some ink and just yeah, go at it? I'm or, just going to throw, you know? throw that in some ink and then I'm going to realize it actually doesn't write super well and then be upset and throw it in the garbage i mean that okay darn all that then <laughs> i would go behind you in the garbage and pull it out and uh use your pen well, what should i do brian it's a new pen it so, should be fine right yeah i mean this is this is a pretty basic tip that a lot of you are probably familiar with but i mean if you have a new pen logic would dictate it's not been inked so why in the world would i need to clean it well you know, basically, if you read almost any instructions and go with any of the manufacturer recommendations, they're going to say it's a good idea to clean your pen first before inking it for the first time. And sometimes it's because there are certain brands that will actually test their pens with ink. Lamy as the most just obvious example, because sometimes there's like blue, like powder, like like, like a blue dye basically left on the feed yeah. from when they tested the pens. Always with and, blue. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we actually, the Lamy, like how it's made video that we did, uh, I believe I even, you know, show where they're demonstrating, um, how they're testing every single pen. So, I mean, that's, yay, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I Aurora tests it and stuff like that. I believe they clean their stuff afterwards, but different, different brands will, will, uh, test their pens and there might be some ink left in there. Um, but more often than not, it's actually just because of the machining process. There might be some oils, a little bit of dust, a little bit of who knows what, just stuff left over from the manufacturing process. Uh, they could be in your pen and there's a good chance you could ink it up and it'd be perfectly fine and you can go about your merry way. But I think it's just usually a safer bet to clean your pen. Doesn't have to be anything crazy, just water, maybe water with a tiny bit of dish soap, but just always flush it with just plain water afterwards. And you're going to, you're going to help yourself by getting any of that manufacturing just schmutz out of there and you'll be able to, um, Go on your merry way. So, I mean, literally 10 seconds probably yeah. is what I'm talking about. Just get a little little cup that you would like, you know, a little, little bathroom cup, one of those little things. Put some water in there, flush, flush, flush a few times, and then go nuts and ink up your pen. So you'll have a statistically better chance of having a better writing experience right off the bat if you clean your new pen. And that is the tip. And it's also the first thing someone will ask you if you do have writing problems and call into your friendly retail establishment. Yeah, we'll be like, They'll ask, have you cleaned have your, you pen? your pen? And you, say, and you can say, oh, of course I did. Hi, listen to the pen cast. Yeah. Or you'll say, why do I need to clean it? His pen's never been used. And you'll be like, well, go listen to the pen cast. <laughs> Um, it's sort of like when you have a computer issue and they're like, well, restart, is it plugged in? Is it turned on? Have you turned it off and turn it back on again? Because that fixes most problems. Yep. Same thing with cleaning the pen. Always clean the pen first and then try something else. So there you go. That's tip of the week. Very short, very sweet, but effective. All right, Drew. Next segment is what's happening. We're skipping over the pen spotlight. Just decided to do that. I think we, uh, I mean, we debated about doing a pen spotlight, and we were like, yeah. We'll do one like next time. I feel like we're going to run long today, so. We'll do one next time. Yeah. Suggestions are always welcome. Absolutely. So if you Please want us, us you to see. spotlight a pen. Yeah, sounds like we need a Yukari Royale. Like maybe, uh, 
I don't know. Or maybe one of those tachas, one of those hot tachas. We'll we probably need to, need to write that, one off. That amber. Yeah, let's do know, that. Right, yeah. yeah. It'd be good to have that one in the library. Yeah, yeah, we could time, we could time share it, you know? Yeah, I'm we sure. We have a calendar where we each get to use would, it certain times both of year. us, you know, Rachel's really the decision maker on that. So like maybe, maybe we could both like corner her or just like pepper like suggestions. I haven't Drop thrown a, I haven't hints. thrown like a legit tantrum in a while. So I feel like I have, mm, okay. I have that energy built up. I don't know how that would work with her. You know, usually, um, she might just, she would ignore me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, She would completely ignore uh, me. Yeah. She would ignore you. Maybe <laughs> even mock you and just be like, you're a grown man. What are you doing? You're just embarrassing yourself. She I've, wouldn't do that. I've, I've gotten, I would say that. I've gotten enough Rachel eye rolls and head shakes to be able to properly envision her reaction to oh, such absolutely. tomfoolery. Yeah. The yeah. eye rolls. Yeah. I get plenty of those myself. <laughs> The worst with Rachel, though, is when she doesn't even acknowledge you at all. I've gotten the... This happens uh, to me a lot with dad jokes or just when I'm trying to be funny and smart and she just like so doesn't even want to have it. She won't oh, yeah. even acknowledge oh, yeah. that I've said anything. I'll do the thing like where, you know, she'll be she'll be on her computer and I'll like make it take a dig at her or something and she'll yeah. still be looking at her computer, but then she'll just look her eyes up yeah. and look at me. I'm like, did you hear what I said? See, that at least acknowledges it. But it's also like, it's also kind of terrifying. It is a little like, bit. Yeah. She's like, you're going like, to like turn to stone. She's like, you know. Eyes. Yeah. I'm like, because you do that thing. And not, a, just, not a smirk. No. Just a. Just, <laughs> she's just smirking a, on the inside though. Yeah. I know she is. All right. So um, this is a two weeks worth of what's happening. Yeah. Because we skipped a week. Uh, so we had Mother's Day. That was a thing that happened weekend we before yeah, last. So. Yeah. We did that. I had a double Mother's Day because I wanted to give my wife a special weekend as well as my own mother. Good so, on you. Good on you. Yeah, did, did the best I could with what I had. Uh, so in the morning, I, with Archer's limited help, uh, gave Shannon breakfast in bed. So we made some pancakes and um, uh, you know brought her up you know some balloons and flowers and stuff like that. So uh, that went well. Um, and then in the afternoon, my mom came over for a cookout and my brother as well. So we just uh, did some burgers and dogs on the grill and, um, you know, just kind of chilled out for a little bit. So it was pretty low key as far as, you know, trying to do a double Mother's Day went, but it was yeah, went, yeah. went pretty well. It was, a, okay. it was a delightful day. Sounds like pretty good success. Had, yep. And, but then the following weekend, this past weekend, that was the weekend. Yeah. It was like, action weekend. oh my gosh. All right. So we got a half day off for okay. mental health at the Goulet Pen Company. And I felt like my mental health would be benefited by going to see the new Doctor Strange film uh, at the theater. And I went to Cinebistro so I could get my bread pudding and my coffee, which is what I have mm. been doing the last couple half days off. It sounds like the only way to watch a movie. I'm it, for, ne- for now on it is yeah. because that I benefit greatly from that experience. You can put so, on your uniform and you can go to Cinebistro yes, and watch your movie with terrific. your bread pudding and your coffee. Absolutely. There you go. Um, sometimes a little hit or miss with a few things like sometimes they charge me for the second coffee. Sometimes they don't. So that's a little bit of a gamble. Sometimes they bring them both out together, which is nice. Sometimes mm. it's the coffee first. And then I'm like, all right, well, I have to drink it because it's going to get cold. But either way, it was a do fine. Do they refill though? Do they refill? They do, but they charge me sometimes. Mm. I know. And I don't know if okay. they're going to do it. And I don't want to be that guy like, are you going to charge me for this? Because like, it's whatever. It's like a buck something. So it doesn't matter, but. And then, of course, I could be the, well, the last person didn't charge me. And I don't know. I don't want to. It's not a big deal. But, be that guy. but secretly, I'm like, please don't, please don't, please don't. Oh, they're <laughs> pulling out their little handheld thing. Mm. So the movie was great. I loved it because okay. 
It was directed by Sam Ra- Sam Raimi, who did the Evil Dead movies, which I was a okay. huge fan of back in high school. Okay. Loved him, and he had so somehow Disney allowed him to put these horror movie references into this movie that he, you know these horror movies that he was famous for. Like he had his kind of signature all over this movie, wow. and so I was picking out little things like oh oh oh, it made me really happy. So nice. that nice. was fun to see. And then uh, Saturday, my wife and I had a date night. We went out to eat, and we saw a comedian live, which was a new experience. It's not something that uh, we often do, so we don't often get anybody to watch the kid, first of all. So that, yeah. that's, that's definitely new. Okay. Um, it's not new. It's rare. But So that was nice. Hmm. And then the following day, we got the kid. He stayed with my mom. And uh, then we took him to a matinee at the Richmond Symphony, and they were showing the entirety of Empire Strikes Back with a live symphony accompaniment. That's so pretty cool. John Williams' entire score was played live at the symphony. They had the dialogue and the sound effects, you know, pumped through speakers. But uh, yeah, hearing that first Star Wars theme and you know the music to the title crawl and everything, like yeah, I that's felt epic. some emotions. I bet. Like I didn't expect to feel the emotions, but I, <laughs> I did, and it took my breath away. It was really quite magical so um, especially seeing it like in a hall that's like designed for symphonies so, like the music is meant to, like, oh yeah en- envelope you absolutely you know? and when they started playing the imperial march for the first time the whole the whole thing went nuts like nice it, everybody cheered it was it was pretty magical so <laughs> it was a great weekend and i also did some stuff outside i uh, did some hedge trimming um and I, uh, hey. I, I I swept and I, you know, I took care of some stuff and I okay. got some lazy video game time too. So it really had everything. Wow. You got the full spectrum it of did. Drew's experiences like, there. It was like the best weekend. Nice. It was the best. Sorry. My phone is blowing up. Sorry to everybody. I hate it when I listen to podcasts and I hear people's like oh, phone I don't, vibrate going on. I'm sure they I'm can't like, hear it. These things are super directional. I hope not, but it's no. buzzing on my leg like crazy. No, they so probably can't. About that. They Go, probably ahead. Can. Go ahead. Um, and then finally, I did something yesterday that was a little bit of like dad over engineering um, I mean, what other kind of over engineering right. is there? So we've talked before about, uh, you know, how my son really likes the Wild Kratts TV show. I know, yes. I know that we've, I've mentioned that before. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, yeah. we went to see them live right before the pandemic and he got mm. his creature power vest from the gift shop and then nice. the gloves. Nice. So he's got the creature power discs that he can put in the front. And, you know, in the show, they get the powers of the animal like, oh, and then they teach the kids about like, oh, their special power. They, this animal can do that. So he loves it. He loves to do that. So every time he puts in one of his little discs, he hums the song that they play on the show whenever they transform. He's like, dum, 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 dum. And (laughs) I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I could make that vest play a sound. Couldn't I? Like, would that that be too hard? (laughs) And uh, the answer is no, it was not very hard. Really? I found a a, uh, chip online with a little speaker already soldered to it. Um, Nice. It came with instructions on how to record a uh, song or sound bite onto the uh, chip. I did it. It wasn't super difficult. I did it last night after he went to bed. I cut a hole in the creature power vest, stuck that thing right in the middle. And the middle has like this, uh, looks like a paw. You know, with a central thing and then yeah, like some yeah, whoop, yeah. Whoop, whoop, little toes. Yeah. So I put the button right at the uh, top middle toe. Nice. And um, so this morning he wakes up and he sees uh, that there's his power vest with a little note from in the show. There's this girl named Aviva who does all like the the tech stuff. So I nice. I wrote a little note from Aviva saying that she made some upgrades to his power suit. And uh, I mean, I know that's epic. I know. So he he loved it. It was it was awesome. I I. 
I told Shannon, like, can you record his reaction? Because I'd really like to see it. Because I, I, he yeah. always wakes up a little bit before me while I'm getting ready. And she was letting out the dog. So she didn't she get missed it. She missed it. So she didn't get the reaction. But judging from how he was behaving afterwards, he really loved it. So that was a cool dad moment for me because my dad definitely would not have done anything like that. So I, I like to I like to do that sort of stuff for him when, that's I, when pretty, I'm able. That's like yeah. that's 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 up there, man. That's, that's I mean, I think bad. about like what I would have loved as a kid. Like that would have gotten me jazzed that's up quite good. a bit. That's pretty so. good. And luckily, with the internet being what it is today, and technology being what it is, it's not it's not super hard to get yeah. that sort of stuff done. Yeah, especially if you have an idea for something specific you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's probably done it and done some tutorial yeah. or video or something on it. It's pretty yeah. pretty cool. I mean, my my sewing job once I had everything in there wasn't mm-hmm. great, but I, I'm I'm not a. Is it functional? It was functional. There you go. I've never sewed anything beyond functional. I've personally. I've sewn quite a lot, and I'm no better at it now than I was the first time I tried it. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I imagine you have to like do it. It's consistently. Stri- it's strictly utilitarian. Like I will, I I can eventually mm-hmm. attach thing A to thing B with thread if I spend long enough on it. If you put enough thread in there, basically, eventually it'll basically, hold. Yes, that's that's pretty much it. Like, don't look okay, at it. Don't don't judge my 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 style here, well, but you know, I can get it on there. Okay. Cuz I've I've what started it is that dog toys are not cheap. Mm. You know, I'll pay like 12.99 on a on a stuffed squirrel or something at Target and the dog will rip its head off the next day. I'm like, "Oh no. Oh no, no, no." This is, you're not done with this yet, sir. This is, I will resurrect this squirrel for you to rip apart again, but it won't be his yes. head because that head's going to be on there. There you go. And that, so, so. That head will be nothing but thread. Right. It'll yes. <laughs> so I, I, I started doing that out of sheer stubbornness and frugality. Okay. I mean. It's a fine motivator. Yeah, that's a good motivator. There we go. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like mine is always like my my work pants, like whatever pants that I'm wearing outside while I'm doing stuff. Because I'm in the woods, there's thorns, there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. I rip those things to shreds. And you sew them back together? So, um, I try. Yeah. But it's using that thread. Is that utilitarian yes. thread yes. thing you're talking about? Absolutely. Especially if it's just like whatever, my pants that I'm using while I'm cutting down trees and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Just throw enough thread in there and it'll work. But yeah, something was pretty rough looking. Have you ever attached them back together using knot thread, like electrical tape or something like that? Um, it doesn't like do anything. So oh. no, not really. Um, yeah, no, mm. I haven't really done that. I haven't really done that. I bet duct Staple. tape. I feel like I've stapled stuff before. Clothing? Yeah. I've stapled clothing before. Nice. Yeah. Like a woodworking apron like or something a, like, like a that? Pinch. Yeah. In a pinch. Yeah. I've done that. Nice. Like when I, like when I'm working somewhere and I don't have threads, I've definitely like stapled stuff. Solid. Yeah. Especially if I have like the staples you used to like staple up like a, uh, you know, the fiberglass insulation, like fiberglass batting with the paper, you know, you use like staples. Yeah, definitely staple clothing. Before. Nice. In a pinch. In a pinch. But yeah. Cool. That is very productive, Drew. Look at you. Had a good weekend. Yeah, yeah. I uh, experienced Mother's Day as well as you did. We are talking about the same time frame here. Um, yeah, Rachel's not like super crazy about Mother's Day, but, you know, made it a, a nice day. So we didn't do anything like epic. But I was kind of insane, but as you, it's like my mother is in town. And so I'm like, want to, you know, acknowledge her motherness as well as my wife's motherness. So, but, uh, you know, it is tough to like do it on the same day, but yeah, not it's have like, it when, feel when, like when do you you're just, trying to like knock out two things at once. When do you just like, let the kids do it all on their own? Like how old do they have to be for that? I don't know. I feel like I 
still don't really do it well. So I don't really know <laughs> when that is supposed to kick in. Uh, my kids now, it's like, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, how do I, how do I phrase this? Well, it's, uh, up to me to get the kids to do the things they need to do for mother's day or like Rachel's birthday or whatever given holiday. Yeah. Like I have to do that. That is part of my thing. And then yeah. I have to do my own thing too, which yeah. is, you know, obviously the same for like if Rachel's doing something for me, for my birthday or whatever. Yeah. Like At but some point like, that's got to end. I just don't know when that is. Yeah. I don't know either. My kids are 10 and 12 and it's still, uh, I mean, like they'll have moments. They'll have their moments. 15. Things. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so I uh, had the Mother's Day thing. So I, uh, the day before on Saturday, I went to my parents' house and my mother wanted some like electrical work done. She had some like lights above her kitchen that she'd been wanting uh, to mess around with. And, you know, my parents are at the age where like they don't do ladders. They don't really do that stuff anymore. And this was, this was like up above the cabinets and it was kind of a thing. I had to put in electrical box and all that. And I've helped them with like plumbing. I put in their like garbage disposal and all that kind of stuff. And like plumbing, I'm like, all right, mom and dad, I will help you with this, but know that this is a chore and this is done purely out of love because I do not like doing this work. And they know that. And obviously I don't put it that bluntly, but like I, even in my own house, I put off plumbing projects like nothing else because I just don't, it's just a lot. I, I would, I would probably do a garbage disposal, but I will not do anything like behind a bathtub or shower oh yeah like i don't i'm not gonna mess with that yeah that's because good, if, yeah. if the garbage yeah. if i screw up on the garbage disposal i'm gonna see it yeah that's true that's and that's true. fine so i'm lower, okay with that little lower like effort. sink drains and stuff i'm fine with that that's right, that's right. but nothing that goes behind a wall no no that's no, pretty no, terrifying no. i won't yeah. do it they had like a valve they needed to replace like the main shutoff valve or whatever and i was like no call a plumber like mm-hmm. i'm not messing with that yep no that's, i'll, that's I'll put my pay grade i'll put a new uh <laughs> you know spigot or handle on something but yeah that's it yeah, you'll 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 pull out a basin wrench every now and then if you have to. You know, I have a basin wrench. Hey, I have a basin wrench. All right, long, awkward, stupid thing. Literally serves no other purpose God. other than like replacing a sink Ugh. faucet. Yeah, I have a basin wrench. It's like it's literally rust. It's covered in rust. That is the color. <laughs> it has no semblance of anything other than rust. What happened? I don't. I got it used. I got it at like an estate auction oh, when okay. I was like. So when Rachel and I first got married, we were living in an apartment. And what's a guy going to do who desperately wants to start a workshop and is no practical purpose for it? He goes to estate auctions and buys tools and hoards them until he has a reason to use them. So I bought a chainsaw. I bought a radial arm saw. I had like pegboard installed. I had this is I mean, this is how Goodly Pens got started as I draped extension cords out the windows and was turning pens on our balcony in our apartment. Probably violating but you multiple didn't, you didn't things. Need a basin wrench for that. No, but like when you go to an estate auction or like any type of auction, and you're like, they they group all this stuff oh, together. You had so to it's like it. here's all these these coffee cans they pulled and out of this have... guy's barn, <laughs> and you know you're bidding on this group of coffee. And I'm like, oh, there's like oh, yeah. a there's a chainsaw there that looks like it probably needs to have a few parts replaced. Oh, yeah. So there's a thing. So like, yeah, okay, I'll do like 25 bucks for that group of crap. And then you go through it and you're like, oh, there's like a whole bunch of nails and oh, there's yeah. all this random stuff. So like you get your money's worth. You just got to kind of sort through it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my, my basin wrench. It's probably a hundred years old. I have no idea. When my grandfather died, there were definitely some things in coffee cans that needed to be oh, sorted yeah. through. Oh yeah. There's a like a sock full of nickels. There, okay. There you go. Didn't keep the sock. Kept the nickels. I mean, those are good nickels. Still, still do stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. I helped my, my parents out there. So that was like the day. We, so that was like got to spend time with my parents, but it also didn't infringe 
on like the my family time, like the Rachel Mother's Day family time. So that we did on actual Mother's Day. And uh, I, so, um, I mean, we've done like the languages of appreciation at work, Gary Chapman or five love languages, if you've ever heard of that. They have a work version, they have a personal version. So me, I am an acts of service person, give and receive. Um, and so uh, I was like, hey, and rather than like buying Rachel some random junk, it's like, I'm going to do something for her. And she's driving the car a lot, driving kids around and just, you know, that kind of thing. So I was like, I'm going to like detail her car, like vacuum it all out, Ooh. like really like deep clean the seats and all that kind of stuff. You didn't put any subwoofers in there, do you? Because she no, did not, she did, did not ask for I've that. Offered, I've offered. I'm sure you have. No, I hey, didn't Rachel, do that. Hey, the car. Also, you have a giant amp and two tens. In you have there, an amp right? now, yeah. and you can't put whoa, whoa, anything. Whoa, whoa, hey, you can't put anything in the trunk anymore. But it <laughs> thumps. Uh, no, I have not done that. No, but it was. It was. Uh, I will admit, I got in over my head. It took me like five, six hours. Oh like it was God. a good chunk of the day. But she was like playing. Did you have a toothbrush? Stuff. I did use a toothbrush. Literally grabbed the same toothbrush that I keep by the kitchen sink. Because I had to get into like the cracks, you know, that you. like that just gritty oh, yeah. junk that gets in the seat cracks. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I need some mm-hmm. bristly detailing kind of thing. And I was like, I know where that's I have an you old toothbrush. The, that's when the, you called the Drew Pen Company that doesn't sell pens. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> just I did legitimately use my pen cleaning toothbrush yeah, on man. the seats. I keep the toothbrush clean, don't worry. Um, but yeah, I cleaned the whole thing out and she was like, she was like, oh, I didn't know you were going to like detail it. She was the thing I was going to like vacuum it out. And she should have like, known. I did it the way, my dad was real big into that. Like he, that was like his thing. He just really liked to detail the cars. And I'm like, I like having a detailed car, but I don't love doing it myself. Yeah, but you also don't ever do anything halfway. Yeah, I do have a hard time with that. You know, I don't, I don't consider that a weakness. It's just, it's, uh, that's well, just a thing. It comes at a cost. You know, there's a, t- a cost to everything. Five, five hours. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, she really appreciated it. And I, I loved doing it for that's her. Cool. So that was cool. That was cool. I was going to like wax and everything. I did wash it. I was going to like wax and everything, but it was, I was exhausted. It was just, it took Oof. too long. And I was like, now I'm going to like all cut into like, I'm going to lose the whole day and not even spend time with her. Yeah. I was like, that's when it's not serving a purpose. Right, right, right. But she really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> to the point where the kids got in the car and they were like, oh wow. Like we, like we don't want to get any crumbs in the car. I was like, great. Yes. yes. Good. Do that. Don't eat, you know, nice. all that kind of stuff. Objective complete. Yeah. That lasted for like a day. But anyway, um, so that was cool. And then uh, also within this time frame, actually today as we're filming this, uh, is Rachel's birthday. So both of those things are very close together. So lots of opportunities to show all kinds of appreciation and love uh, for my lady. So um, that was pretty cool. And she's not like one to like drop hints for forever and all this kind of She appreciates when like I do stuff or the kids do stuff or whatever, but she's never like disappointed if we don't do anything. So she's very, very kind of low effort in that way, which is cool because that just means when I do stuff, it's like blows her away, which is yeah. kind of cool. So she admittedly um, bought herself something for, nice. her, for her birthday because she was like ordering, I don't know, like cookies or something for somebody else. And she like threw in some cookies for her because she's, you know, gluten-free for a variety of reasons. And, uh, you know, gluten-free like cookies are not the easiest. Especially good ones. Like good ones. Yeah. Yeah. So she ordered some for herself and she was like, absolutely. Way, I ordered myself birthday cookies and I was like, you could have like dropped the hint. Not like I would have ordered whatever, but I don't know. She's ordered. Oh, so. she should do for that for herself yeah. every month. Rachel and I, are, we're a little more in that, which is like, hey, I uh, really wanted this kind of obscure thing. So can we just make this my birthday present? And it's like, sure. And it's like, cool, thanks. Like that, I will actually enjoy that and right. use that and get to use the thing on my birthday. Like that's usually how it goes for nice. us. Nice. Um, but yeah, like woke up 
early this morning and made her some muffins, some like blueberry muffins. Ooh. Yeah. And I was Yum. like, fresh blueberry muffins. That sounds like something oh, cool. Tremendous. Enjoy. Love it. Yeah. Um, but actually the thing that she did ask for, I did this past weekend, which was uh, planting her some plants. So we have some like mulch areas that I like did kind of around the house, but we never really put anything there. So it's just been like bare mulch. And it's fine. Yeah. But, you know, she had expressed, she was like, yeah, it'd be kind of nice to have some flowers. And, you know, like I had to, what was it, like a week or two ago, like I had to pick up something from, you know, the home center. And I was like, I want to make a special trip. I needed like spray paint or something, some random thing. And I was like, I want to make a special trip out just for that. So it was like after we had dinner, I was like, can we just stop by and I'll get some spray paint? And she was like, yeah, we all like go look at the flowers or whatever. And we looked and the kids were like legitimately like kind of getting into it and stuff. And I was like. Well, okay, we could make this like a family thing. And then, uh, you know, uh, my mother also really enjoys that too. So that was actually kind of cool. So I was able to like, for Rachel's birthday at least, kind of merge together some of the same stuff. So my mother came over. We like picked out plants with my mom and and Rachel and we, you know, kind of did it. And then the kids were getting pretty restless because it was kind of hot on Sunday. And it was like the kids enjoyed it for like five minutes. And they were like, I'm bored. I'm this, I'm that. And it was like, okay. Rachel, why don't you take them to Target and I'll finish up here, you know. Um, but, yeah, we got a whole bunch of plants. I bought way too many. And, uh, yeah, I think I ended up digging something like 40 or 50 different holes for all these plants. Because, like, I bought stuff. But then I was like, oh, there's, like, five or six different stems within this plant thing oh, that I bought. Oh, those, so, yeah. Yeah, some of those, like, uh, um, what do we get? The the uh, lily. Like, we bought lilies mm-hmm. of different colors. And I was like, oh, there's, like, three plants in this container. I was like, oh, I could either plant it as a clump or I can, like, you know, do a cool arrangement, kind of do yeah. that thing. And I was like, oh, I'm just digging a lot more holes. So that was another like six or seven hour thing. Oh, wow. and, but it was really nice. It was kind of hot, but it was really nice. Yeah. And Rachel like really enjoyed that as it's done. And now like, Very cool. get to look out the window and see all pretty. the flowers. And, yeah, so it's cool. I've, like We haven't really done a lot of landscaping in our place, but I was like, it's probably time. It's probably time. So I mean, you did, you did install several bridges. I haven't stopped, but that's like over the creek. You don't really see that, you know, it's like in and the woods. trails, lined trails. You also don't see that unless you like go into the woods. You know, this is like stuff you see as you're right. like pulling in and out of the house and like going and walking around and stuff like that. So you also done, did, you also bit. dug, you know, a tunnel with your truck. Oh my gosh. When I, got the, <laughs> when I got the truck stuck in the yard. Yeah. I've done that. Oh, I've done that too. Pop, pop. Oh, Hey there. Um, yeah. And then I've just like, you know, I have, trees that i've taken down so i was like splitting them up grinding them down you know just plenty of that kind of stuff nothing very exciting to talk about but many 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 hours spent mulching wood i'm trying to so we have a lot of clay this is super boring i'm sorry but this is just what i've been dealing with um you know in virginia here it's very heavy clay soil like very hard clay and uh, we don't live in like a subdivision neighborhood really it's not like there was no sod ever like put it was just like House was built, trees were cleared, uh, grass on dirt, you know, and it's just like hard clay pack. So it like, if I'm not actively trying to do things to make things grow in some of these spots, it just turns into like dustiness and it, I mow and it just spits dust everywhere. So I was like, I want to try to actually like get some soil that something will grow in here just so I get coverage. So I'm trying to like work on that. So been doing lots of that. So my theory was, well, I have trees. So if I chip up the trees, let it break down, make some compost, that's like a pretty eco-friendly, responsible way to like reuse that and then mix the compost in with my clay, make some better soil, stuff will grow, you know, circle of life kind of stuff. Yeah, it'll take a little while, but you'll get there. It'll take a little while. Yeah. So then I also bought some like actual compost and I was like, let's 
pour some fuel on this and like, let me get that going at least. <laughs> and then I can still let the pile break down and use right. it for future years and all that. But uh, that's what I'm working on. And then last thing I'm going to talk about is uh, the TV show Severance. I think I mentioned it before. You have mentioned Severance before, yes. Yeah, I've never been taken by a show did i overhear you quickly. say you've watched it multiple times uh, four times now. why don't you watch a new show you never have time to watch new shows it's just such a good show but if you're gonna watch multiple like you haven't seen so many other well it's only one season so it's not that much of a commitment of time but uh, i guess not. i don't know i'm just picking up on new things There's i'm glad you i'm so glad many you're enjoying details it. in the show there's so many details so many layers and this it's is an apple thing out. right it's an apple tv plus um, yeah i don't have the apples yeah, so I mean, it's, it's not gonna be for everybody, and it's got some words, and it's got some stuff. You know, it's definitely adult. Oh, I'm for, not for the, worried for about the grown-ups. words. Deadwood's one of um, my favorite shows. Yeah, there you go. But uh, I uh, I got Rachel into it finally. Nice. So this last time that I watched it, the other three times I've watched it, it has all been on my phone. So not the full. So watch it on cinematic TV finally. experience. I finally watched good. it. Good. Proud of you. And it was amazing. Good. So good. And good. the whole That's time how you do I was it. like. I never remember or know things more than Rachel, basically. So the fact that I've seen the show multiple times, ah. and I was like, I know it's going to happen, but I don't want to spoil anything. And she's like, and it's one of these shows, it's like a puzzle, and you're like unpacking, mm-hmm. it's like pulling back layers to all the different characters and everything. And it was like, as she was like, what about this person, this person? And I was just like, yeah, I know, right? Uh. I mean, what could, <laughs> what could that be all about? And I was like, it's going to blow her mind. And then we just, yeah, we nice. binged the last three episodes last night, which... Oh, it's so good. like it is the best like season finale of any show I've ever. You're seen. the only person that's mentioned this show to me. I haven't seen it's it. Still, just not that seen or yeah, heard of it that, anywhere I, else. I don't know anybody else that's watched it. So I was like, I've seen it. Like, like I have to get someone else. It's to see this show. It's like popped. <laughs> I've seen the thumbnail on my um, yeah. media device, and you know, I, so I see it served up, but I just don't know anybody else that has seen it. Well, I'm sure they're out there though. I'll find out. There you go. Anyway, it's a cool show. It's like a sci-fi type of a show, so it's not everybody's vibe, but it's uh, more like sci-fi thriller, not like deep sci-fi. It takes I place that. In, like on Earth, and you know, it's not a spaceship thing. I don't yeah, know. future takes place in the future, though. The, the the time that it takes place is somewhat ambiguous. Oh, so it's a more or less a modernish time. But it is, but the sci the sci-fi aspect comes from what like advanced technology of some sort. Yeah. So okay. there's basically a chip that people get put in their brain where they they're they're separated from their work life and their home life. So they don't know who they are or oh. anything that happens in the other kind of oh like, kind of like the life. Matrix. A little bit, but they're switching back and forth like every day. Right. So like they go to work, go down the elevator, and like they flip, and they don't know anything about who they are on the. So outside. they could be like a, like a firefighter, hitman, assassin, ninja. They would have and no they idea. wouldn't know it. <gasps> no idea. Oh man! But then there's like, what if they like did something really weird, like sell fountain pens online or something like that? That would be pretty weird. That's so weird. I wouldn't want to remember weird. that. Yeah. But oh, it's so, so, <laughs> many, so many layers to this show. It's so good. Anyway talked enough about that i it do it it's not in no promotion whatsoever um but anyway that's what i've been up to all right um, yeah spend a good time with the kids and we got you know whatever a new uno game there's several different iterations of uno you you've, you've spoken about a new uno, uno game i did the and then there's another there's new a, one there's a Nuno. yeah okay so there's an uno uh all wilds that's the one i talked you about mentioned previously. that one yeah there's another one called uno flip oh my so it has a light side and a dark side and has like numbers and different things on both sides. Mm. And you, one of the cards you play is a flip card. And when that happens, everybody has to flip their cards over and you flip the decks over and then you're playing with the reverse side. So the numbers are different and there's different like wilds that you play and like stuff is constantly flipping back and forth. So it makes the strategy like really 
a different dimension than your typical Uno game. Okay. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. The kids are the kids are digging the Uno. And I'm like, it's a game that I can like, hey kids, do you all want to play X? No, I don't want to play that. Okay. Do you want to play blah? No, I don't want to play that. I'm like, you want to play Uno? Yay! Hey. And you're like, great, we're playing Uno. You know, it's just like one of those things that like Yeah, you can play the Uno card. Yes. Literally. Exactly. So anyway, that's uh, fun. All right, next we're going to get into some brief uh, company updates. All right, we got some company updates. Comp. Excuse me, I said it a little too proper. Nay. Company updates. Um, so Drew mentioned we had Mental Health Day last week. <clears throat> Super mm-hmm. helpful. We've been doing that every month, basically, for this whole COVID time. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I think So gonna, much health. Yeah, we're probably going to keep it going because it's uh, been pretty necessary. I know I benefited from that and everybody needed it. It's, week, it's cool like. for me because it it's different than, okay, oh, I have a half day, you know, or I'm, I'm taking off early to go do stuff. But yeah. being given it under the context of mental health, it tells me it's like, okay, you know what, out of respect for the company, mm. you know, taking, you know, paying for this time for me, I'm going to actually do something intentional for my mental health. So I'm like, yeah, and and I have been and that that's, I think that's truly wonderful. And the context of it being Specifically for mental health, I think it is does important. make a difference. Yeah, it's, it a does, coor- it, it's a coordinated thing, right? It makes a difference. You know, like, really we does. have a Slack channel and we're talking about like what we're doing and all that yep. kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I find that helps even for me personally. Like you think like oh whatever, run the company that kind of stuff. I'm like sometimes I need permission too, absolutely to like take some time off and do that kind of stuff. So super yeah. helpful. That so, was good. Yeah, that has been cool. It's been cool. We've been enjoying that, and we've tried different things. We've tried like taking whole days off and all that, but then there's a lot to catch up on and there's shipments and deliveries and all that kind of stuff to coordinate. Yeah. But the, the whole half day thing has really worked well for our company. Um, and I know, you know, we've gotten a lot of good comments and people responding to that as well. So it's been a good thing. I would recommend that you uh, try that if you're running a company or have any say in it whatsoever, recommend it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, just a quick thing about some COVID stuff. Obviously, this has been a theme in our life for the last mm, several years and it hasn't completely gone away. So we in Virginia here, at least we have like, a, um, you know, we're keeping an eye on the CDC and the Virginia Department of Health. So our COVID spread has been a little bit on the upswing lately. Not enough for us to change like our in-office procedures and stuff, but it could go that way. So really, I only bring it up here because if it gets to a certain point and we get in like the high transmission kind of a rating here, Drew and I may have to go our separate ways and record in separate rooms again, just like we did for a year or so there. And that would kind of stink, but you know, we're prepared to do that if we need to. So I don't think we're, I think we're better prepared for that to happen now. It's like, if it, you know, I mean, literally this morning when we were about to record, I was like, let me check and make sure. Cause if the, I mean, literally it could change any day. So it's like, okay. in practicality could we record it, but like, we're trying to be pretty, pretty serious about the ratings and stuff like that and keep yeah. our, our team. I'm going to, I'm staying in here. If we do that, you can go home and oh, stay at home. Man. I'm staying in here. There's no reason for me to go up. back in my office. Like That's the camera's true. here. That's true. You're going to be looking good in here. That's right. Fine. Okay. I'll go back to my plain background, <laughs> standing up in my my house. Yeah, uh, ladybugs. Do what we got to do? Yeah, getting attacked by ladybugs. <laughs> oh, it's getting so hot now. Like hot in the afternoon, especially. Yes. I'll just be sweating, standing up, getting attacked uh, by ladybugs, and Drew will just be in here chilling. I feel so bad for my wife. She's working. She she works from home, and she's like in the house that is the room in the house that's like the worst for direct sunlight or the best, depending on what you want. But in the afternoon. Poor woman is baking. Yeah. Oh, I feel yeah. terrible for her. Yeah. At least you're ending the day with that and then you can like knock off and, you know, I feel like if you start the day and you're like baking, then you're just like, you're just gonna be sweating all day. Yeah. 
which that's what I'm doing right now. I just, I just as soon as it gets to be around this temperature, like in the 80s, I'm just sweating all the time. Yeah. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. Doesn't matter what you know, unless the temperature is like 60 something in the thermostat, which it never is. No, because that's crazy. But anyway, um, I think that's all we got for you this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. Please give us some feedback about how we're doing. Ask us some questions. Give us some ideas for um, pens to review. I have an idea. Oh, uh, we we talked a while ago about like whether or not our structure was good. If if oh. if you skip around to certain parts of the pen cast because you know i do create chapter markers for this thing mm. if you skip around and do this in a different order let us know what order you prefer because mm. you know we we do the you know feedback first and then we go into the new stuff and uh if if a different order would work better for you let us know i, I can't promise we would change anything but we were always curious because we kind of stuck to this format for a while. We haven't really switched it up, but yeah. we, any any thoughts, send it our way. We might be willing to switch things up. There you go. Yeah, we're always open to feedback yeah. like that, for sure. Uh, definitely check out goodlypens.com for your fountain pen, ink, and paper needs. You can subscribe to YouTube, Instagram, all the channels that we're on. Uh, you can email us at pencast at goodlypens.com, especially if you're an audio listener. We definitely would love to know if these pop filters are working because they are visually... Somewhat distracting to us, but we I, are happy. I have angled mine. I feel like Drew's adapted better. I'm finding myself yeah. like <laughs> really wigged out by this giant <laughs> screen in front of my face. But we're trying. We're trying to <laughs> trying to do, increase the production quality when we can. But anyway, thanks to Drew for bringing it up. He was like, "We need to order these," and I was like, "Yeah, we we done. We, we got some feedback about it, and you yeah. know, it. We I do I've, listen. I've, we do listen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my random fun fact is." A very random fun fact, not relevant to anything that we've talked about. Okay. Uh, apparently, can openers were not invented until 48 years after the invention of cans. I've heard that before, and that's stupid. Why the heck would they have done that? I don't know. But cans that could keep food fresh for months or years were invented in 1810. Well, how'd they open them? Just a knife? I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, people had a lot of trouble opening them until the opener was finally invented in 1858. Before that, most people resorted to brute force to get them open or they would like puncture them or like use knives or something. I mean, basically smash them against a rock. I don't know. Like they had the canning process and they could preserve food, which was necessary, but they didn't have the technology to actually (laughs) open the cans. So doesn't that sound crazy? Yeah. The past was the worst. Like <laughs> it's so much better now. Like we got we got problems in this world. There's no question but about that. But we do have can openers. Yeah, we definitely romanticize the way things used to be. I mean, imagine trying to smash your like can on a rock to try and get it open. Now you oh, yeah. don't even have to think about it. Yeah, sometimes sometimes my eight year old will, you know, be watching a movie or something like, Oh, that'd be cool to be back then. I'm like, it stinks. I guarantee yeah. you that smells it bad. Stinks. Where they're at right now, yeah. stinks. Smells like poop. No all one, of it. No one brushes their teeth. All of it smells yep. like poop. Yep. Yeah, your teeth are gonna feel gross. Stinky. Poop. Poop in the streets. Poop everywhere. <laughs> like I mean, it's terrible. It's in, so any true. any any time frame, like with with no indoor plumbing, I look back. I'm like, oh, it's so cool. I'm like, oh no, wait, that's gonna smell. Oh 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 no, it's gonna smell bad. Oh no no no. Yeah, yeah. Do not want. Yeah, and you get like any disease, like you're done. Yeah. Like is is rough. Like Lord of the Rings looks so pretty. Like you look at Middle Earth, you look at little the Hobbiton and Rohan with their I'm mighty not, steeds, and I'm you're not like, real. Well, not only that, but also poop. Like, poop. It's like it's, there's no plumbing. I'm like, oh, I would love to live in Rohan on a hilltop of New Zealand. But I'm like, oh wait, no, stinky. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. It kills it. It kills it. Kills the mood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything's too, too stinky. real. Too real. I know. Making it too real. All right, turkey hammock. 
That's definitely some Turgamic <laughs> Zone right there. Wow. How did we get from cans to poop to wow? I don't even know how we got here. Anyway, hope you all enjoyed this pencast. We will catch you on the next one. Thanks, everybody. Right on.